On this episode of Tasty Cast, we discuss what we've been playing, including Forza Horizon 5. We go into detail on our impressions of that game. And then we are discussing the Game Awards nominees. We go through every single category and go through every single nominee, talking about what games we have voted for, what games we might vote for, what games we would like to win these uh, categories, and so on and so forth. Uh, we do not react to any videos this episode, so let us know if there's a video you'd like us to react to uh, on a TLG Reacts. And then, of course, we read your comments and reply to them on uh, the last Tastecast. So, yeah, stay tuned for all of that. But a couple quick reminders to download and play Kingdoms of Amalar Re-Reckoning, uh, First Class Trouble, and there's another one, Knockout City, all offered for free on PlayStation Plus. Make sure to download those, play those, come back at the end of the month for Plus Club to let us know what you thought of those games, and we will let you know what we thought of them. And our game of the month is Remnant from the Ashes, randomly picked. It is a third-person shooter uh, kind of Souls-like. Make sure to play that, or if you played in the past or plan on playing in the future, come back so uh, we can all discuss that on Game of the Month. And yeah, we have a Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all the time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us. We have a Patreon if you'd like to support this channel. More than liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribing if you're brand new. And you can check out our streams and socials also linked down below. All right, let's talk about the Game Awards. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 153 of the Taste Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk about random things in gaming. My name's Seth, and joining me today is Chevy. Chevy, we are not going to watch any videos this episode. It's going to be a weird one. We're going to be discussing the Game Awards. Yep. Um, we'll talk about that further as we go into the uh, podcast. But um, excited to talk about that. How you doing? And uh, you, you feeling optimistic about um, you know the games we got this year and what possibly could win um i'm doing okay thank you yep. <laughs> um as far as the the game awards goes i uh i don't know if excited is the right word i, I do think it's uh it's fun i like that kind of stuff uh, but i don't put a lot of weight on it either so like you know. yeah some people act like it's like um the end all be all whatever wins is going to be like, yeah. you know, the best game of the year, or whatever. And it's like something people got to realize, especially before we go into when we talk about game awards nominees, uh, it's like 10% of the actual uh, vote is us and 90% is their um, um, committee, their council, the council. Yeah. The <laughs> evil council. So um, when people see who wins, a lot of times they get upset. Cause they're like, people fucking voted for this. Well, you know, millions of people probably vote for some of those, but that council has a lot more weight when it comes to that. So yeah. I, I also take it with a grain of salt. I think it's fun. I think the event's cool. I think it's fun how Jeff Keighley's kind of turned into like a baby E3. But um, I mean, that'll be the best part about it. Yeah. But it is, it is fun to get the reveals of what wins and all yeah. that kind of shit. But yeah, I, I don't. Just like I don't really take anything IGN or game spots as serious. Sure. I'm not really too worried about it either. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think... Just in general, like not even just the, this show, but um, just as a mentality type thing, I try not to take most things too seriously because, um, you know, there's uh, some 
other things, you know, in, in just in general, nothing like specific that are worth more of my energy than, you know, uh, entertainment, uh, being a cause of like stress for me. So, yeah. 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 But I'm excited to talk about the nominees with you. Yeah, it'll be it's fun. always a yeah. fun time of the year. This is going to become the busy part of the year for our channel, considering we have to do reactions to that, follow that, do our own game of the year discussion uh, at the end of the year, slash maybe right at the beginning of the first week of the new year. We'll find out when we do that. Um, yeah, a lot of things uh, happen around this time. Luckily, we did a uh, community pick game of the month early this year so it's not another thing it's stacked on top of all the things we typically do at the end of the year community individual yeah game yeah the, the individual pick for game of the month the honorary guest pick right. of game of the month but yeah uh i'm glad you're doing good i'm also doing good good feeling pretty good and uh mentally i'm kind of like all over the fucking place i don't know if you can tell or not um i'm excited but also scared because we both got microphones again which is cool. A little behind the scenes. Uh, I was experimenting with uh, RTX voice, which if you don't know what that is, it is a like AI that, uh, that Nvidia has for the RTX cards that allows you to um, digitally cut background sound on microphones, which is really cool for, you know, if you got like any kind of microphone to compress your sound, it's, it's a really kind of amazing technology. Uh, but I have pretty decent mics already, and when I use RTX voice, um, we can only use one mic out of the two, which makes it kind of awkward anyway. And then recently there's been like weird audio artifacts that have been happening. So I, going back to how we did it before, I actually prefer the sound anyway when we got mics wrapped to our face, and we'll see how this goes. But I want to apologize if some kind of background sound happens, because we're not using RTX voice. It won't be cut out, so you might hear it just thrown out there. But I'm excited. To have yeah. better audio quality again. All right, let's uh, jump into what we've been playing. Unless you have anything else to say. Mm. It's the beginning of this podcast. We always start with what we've been playing, where we talk about that exact topic. Um, let's start with you. I think I've gone first like the last two or three times. So Okay. Um, the quick and easy one will be I, uh, I logged back into 14. I have been taking a little bit of a break, and I'm still kind of taking a break until the expansion comes out. But I did hop on... Um, because I had something I had to take care of for the free company or guild, if you're not um, familiar with Final Fantasy XIV's verbiage. And squad, clan. Uh, yeah. And uh, when I hopped on, I noticed Boss. there was like six people on. And I was like, oh, I'll hang out for a little bit, you know, because you know, those are social experiences. I'll grace them with my presence. And uh, I hung out for a little bit. I chit-chatted a little bit. I ran a couple dungeons. I did a PvP um, roulette. And then uh, I hopped off. So... Yeah, the other night I was like, hey, we're going to play some Forza Horizon 5. And you're like, oh, I'm playing 14. I'm like, oh, okay. And then we go and play that. And like 20 minutes later, you're like, hey, what's up? And you're in. in that was the same day. Yeah, in, yeah as I assume. And like you stopped him. Like, I was fucking brief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't even intending to play. I just kind of decided to go ahead and do a couple of things while people were on. So, um, especially one of our members who will probably say hi in the comments, but I won't name them in case they decide not to want to be part of the show. Um, they live on the uh, other side of the country and not in this country. So I know I don't get to play games with them very often. So. Other side of the country, not in this country. Yeah. So oh, that means East. E oh, ESD, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. 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 Not in this country. So. Yeah. Trying to dock somebody. Got it. <laughs> 
I think that's pretty broad, but, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, you know, I always take an opportunity to kind of hang out if, if, especially we do have a lot of like East coast people, um, who hang out in the discord and sometimes play games with us. So, yeah. Um, what else do I do? Uh, we'll talk about it together. So I'm just going to bring it up real quick and then I'll jump in when, when you talk about it. But, uh, picked up Forza Horizon 5 and, uh, been playing that. I won't say a, a lot like time wise, uh, or day wise, but a lot like session wise. They've been long sessions. You have more time in it than I do. Well, yeah, but it's only been like two, three sit downs. So that was kind of my whole point. It's like, easy to, easy to fucking play. Yeah. Uh, time just kind of melts in that game. Um, but we'll get to that in a moment. And then the, the last thing, well, the other thing that happened to me is I was, I was playing some animal crossing in the last week. Um, but my switch, uh, and anyone who's been at the channel has familiar, I've brought it up before has had issues. Um, and it, is having them again. So I got kind of sick of it. I went in, I bought another switch. Um, and I was getting ready. I wanted to transfer my saves. Over. But what switch did you buy? Because there's all different types of themes. There's also the OLED. What'd you, would you settle on? What'd um, you do? I did not get the OLED just because I, I can't justify the extra expense for something I don't play in handheld. I'm glad um, you answered. Cause I was about to ask why not? Yeah. It's a tough one, dude. Like I, I fucking I think the switch is still great and doesn't do anything performance wise. So I'm like that screen's nice, but at the same time I think I think even if my switch broke right now, I'd probably do exactly what you did and just got a switch. Yeah. Well, the other thing too. But I was going to complain if like I had to buy the OLED because that's all they had. Yeah, yeah. But I like I feel like I really would have to be shoved into there to pick it up. What's nice about all switches now um, is they're all like version two switches because I guess um, they had made a change to. I think it was the CPU, maybe it's GPU. I don't know uh, the exact change they did, but um, it increases the battery life by about an hour and a half. Interesting. It's from three hours to about four and a half now. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, and then yeah, because they said the OLED had increased battery time by not a lot, but they said it wasn't because like the battery's been changed. So apparently that's just across the board. Yeah. The any switch you buy new in a box will be a version two. So okay. Um, my old switch is a version one so gotcha um i mean mine's probably a version one then as well yeah, yeah. um not that that's the cause of my problems it's just a fun little note i, I figured out as i was trying to figure out how to fix my switch mm -hmm. before buying a new one um and then the only switch they had because the times we live in um was the animal crossing special edition switch which i'm not complaining about i like animal crossing but you know i'm not necessarily a fan of uh, pastels <laughs> it's kind of a minty it's a blue and a green. Yeah, it's yeah. like a minty color. It's like gum. Yeah, I'm not super into that, but uh, you know, it's a piece of hardware. So, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I <laughs> and you got a pro controller and shit. So, yeah. like, it's yeah. I don't think any of the colorations are are that great anyway. Yeah, that's why I bought a gray one with my first one. <laughs> yeah, but that one's so boring too. Like, sure, I, I, I agree. Have the, I have the gray one, right? It's right next to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Boring, but everything else is like fucking yeah, it's uh, Transformers. Yeah, it's Optimus Prime, which yeah. I think is even though don't judge me by my background, that's actually pink over here, and this is blue, uh, red and blue, dude. I fucking hate those colors together. Drive me nuts. Any anything that's colored like that, I'm like ugh. Well, when it's solid, I think with the, in the case of, to use the license example, it gradients. Yeah, blend so, yeah. blending. 
That uh, looks cool. Because then it turns to purple in the middle, and purple is yeah. great. I also like <laughs> the way the colors hit sides of things. That's cool contrast. Yeah. We're talking about a lot of things that are not games this episode already. It's all related. Yeah. And me buying a Switch is what I've been doing this week. So, yeah. um, so I want to play Animal Crossing because version 2.0 came out, and it's got all these new features, and I got a little sample of them. For my I Switch saw game. you on a boat in the middle of the night, which was fucking horrifying, but you were with some kind of animal person. Kappa. Yeah. And I was just like, where the hell would you be going in the middle of the night? It's like some midnight mass shit. It was fucking creepy. I did find one island that was just covered in shooting stars, which is kind of, uh, I believe, rare. So it's been a while since I played, so my knowledge is a little outdated. Did you do ayahuasca there or something? I just picked up all the shooting star fragments and left. Mm. So, So, yes. They're crafting materials. Gotcha. Um yeah, and then the DLC deal for that came out. It's a $25 DLC, but it's a, essentially the happy, I could be getting the name wrong here, but happy homemaker game they had where you would de- design other people's houses. They mm. just put that as a DLC in this game. And it has its own currency and its own store. You could buy stuff in for your, to bring back to your house and stuff. So Interesting. Yeah, so you pe- clients show up to the island. You get in your little uniform. You're holding a clipboard because everything in Animal Crossing is extra. <laughs> Go up to people and they're like, the last person I helped, they're like, I want everything in black and white and I want to live in the woods. And I was like, okay. So you find the property that's in the woods, you put them there, and then you go through every piece of furniture in the game and you just make them the interior. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I know some people like to, I mean, people are going to design their place the way they want, but to be able to do that for other things. I think it forces you out of your bubble. Yeah. Yeah. So, or comfort, I guess, would be a better way to work. That's like in um, Dragon Quest Builders, too. Mm-hmm. Everyone saw somebody's like, I need this built. And then you'd build it. And of course, it's not going to be anything like extravagant or well-detailed. But it was fun to like go, okay, well, I wasn't planning on building anything like that. Yeah. And it's kind of fun in that regard. Kind yeah, of like something new and ref- refreshing. So <laughs> Makes you bend bend them brain muscles. Yeah. yeah which <laughs> I like. I like flexing the brain muscles. Yeah. Did I play anything else? Oh, yeah. I hooked up my VR, oh, uh, yeah, my PlayStation yeah. VR, yeah. and I played some No Man's Sky. Um, I originally, I was watching someone on YouTube, and they were, they had never heard of No Man's Sky before, and so uh, their chat was like telling them about it or whatever. They never heard of No Man's never Sky? never heard of it before, yeah. Do they go to GameSpot and ask for fucking Mario on PlayStation 5? I, I just think uh, they play one game most of the time. So. What game is that? 14. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, but after that, I was like, oh, yeah, that game's had a bunch of updates since last time I played. Uh, and then I was looking up something on YouTube, and I, I saw something about VR on it. I was like, oh, yeah, I have PlayStation VR. <laughs> so I just kind of hooked it all up and, and played. So yeah, it's fun. What do you think of the VR? I, we've already talked about, but maybe people. I think it's okay. I mean, like, want to know? It's not a game made for VR originally, so it's gonna have limitations. Yeah. Um, but I think, especially if I had the move controllers, I think it'd be a lot more fun, just because then I could actually move each individual hand. But um, they do they did a good job of like making it to where the the light bar on the PS4 controller is where you aim and stuff like that. Um, there's a little bit of drifting occasionally, but that could just be my controller. So. Yeah. Yeah, it could be, or the VR tech that they use, which I've noticed drifting, um, even with the move controllers. Um, seeing you hook that up actually kind of inspired me to uh, 
want to hook up my Vive, but maybe my my racing wheel and my fucking all. You just got me wanting to hook up all my peripherals. <laughs> I got a, just a, in the closet a bunch of fucking VR stuff. I got the I forgot what it's called, but the the gun for PS4 VR, yeah, PSVR. I can't remember. The name. Um, the Move yeah. controllers, which I mean, you could use if I find them. Um, but yeah, you got me wanting to uh, play VR again. Been a while. Yeah, well, and it's funny too because anyone who who has played VR, uh, if you don't have like a designated spot for it, it turns into a event to hook up and unhook up VR. So yeah, typically <laughs> when I set it up, I just keep it set up for a while. Like I don't because I, I mean, out here I think I could designate a VR area, but it also takes up USBs and shit on my computer, so. I just unhook it until I'm ready to play again. Yeah, I keep thinking about getting the Vive, but then I think about how many USB ports I have on my computer, and then on the fact that it's my bedroom, so there's not like I'll, there's no room. That's the great thing about PSVR is the the setup is way more minimal, and it's still a setup. You still got to hook it up and and get everything set up and ready to go, but it's so much more basic than uh, you know anything that has like lighthouses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to whenever they release the the new controllers for it at least. Because then maybe I can. I tried it on my PS5 first, but only a very limited amount of games are fully functional. That was actually stuff. really cool to find out. I I didn't know that uh, PSVR as it is right now was compatible with PS5. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I just kind of missed that. Yeah, but you so, have to have the Move controllers pretty much, which is so. great for me. But yeah. <laughs> um, it was, it was interesting to find that out. It was actually really nice because I was like, oh shit, I didn't, I didn't realize PSVR was already compatible with PS5. So. Yeah, well, and it was interesting, too, because I played No Man's Sky on the PS5 first um, with the VR until I realized I couldn't aim. And I was like, uh, I'm missing something here. And then I found out it's because there's no light bar to track. So, yeah. But uh, I did want to to see, like, I, initially my thought was, oh, I'm just going to use my PS5 because I'm using it for everything anyways now. Um, and it looked great and it loaded fast and all that stuff. And, and that was really neat. But then when I switched to the PS4... And I don't have a pro. Uh, I noticed the resolution change instantly in the VR, even in the VR. And then, uh, loading, oh really? Loading time was like double. Oh yeah. Oh, the loading time makes <laughs> sense. I I, uh, I would assume that the resolution would stay the same on uh, both because the game was. No, because it has um, I think it's PS4 Pro enhancements technically. Okay. But I have an original PS4, so. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't touched one of those in a long time, so. Yeah, but that was fun. I, uh, I'm going to do a little more. I downloaded, uh, or installed, I should say, Moss. and You never, uh, got, a, you d- you never got a pro? Mm-mm. Wild. For some reason, I thought you did. No, I never needed it. Uh, so what are you saying? Moss and what? And Res. Because they both have VR support. So. Well, one is VR. One has VR support. I know you're mentioning Tetris Effect as well. Uh, well, I played it because you own it. Yeah. And I thought about picking it up. So. I know there's a new version that I think has multiplayer. Of Tetris? Effect, yeah. Because it came out on something else. I think it was Xbox, but I think that version's Steam. available everywhere now. Yeah, it's also on Steam. Yeah. So But I don't have I don't have fancy VR, so <laughs> Yeah. Yep, but that's been what I've been playing, at least that's worth mention. So 
Sounds good. Okay. Um, two games I can't talk about, but I'm going to update you on what I'm doing kind of in them. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur is a re-reckoning. I've been playing that. That is one of the PlayStation Plus games, so make sure to download, download that, play that. Come back at the end of the month to talk about that for Plus Club. Um, without saying anything about my opinion on it, I've probably put about 10 hours so far into the game, so I will have plenty to say on the game, so stay tuned for that. Um <laughs> And I will say without any uh, positive or negative is it has been interesting returning to a game that came out uh, on 360. I think it was a 360 yeah. game. Yeah, Xbox 360. So that's been very interesting because you can tell um, obviously by the graphics, but in like gaming design. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's been interesting to see how that translates to modern gaming. Uh, and then also we played uh, Remnant and then I played Remnant by myself for a little bit. Um and uh, we will talk about that as well, because that is our game of the month, which we'll be talking about at the end of the month for game of the month. Um, but yeah, I've been putting time into that. But anybody who watches the channel regularly knows that I, I was playing the game before that. So um, no big surprise there. And then been playing more Tales of Arise. I've also put about now 10 hours into it, which is not that much. I guess it's like a 40 hour game on average. So I'm about a fourth through it, apparently. Um, I am going expected longer actually yeah well yeah me too so like a short jrpg is like 20 hours that's pretty short yeah it's yeah. pretty short um but there's plenty of them out there um well, see, 40 to 60 is about normal that, 40 to 60 is what the, i the typically expect 60 hours is it's i wouldn't be surprised by that when it gets past that i'm like oh this is like old school um, so you get past those Dragon Quest and Persona. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> old school. Old school. Uh, but yeah, this is apparently on average a 40 hour game, about 10 hours into it. Um, I just got my third. Well, I didn't just get her, but I got my third character. So that has been cool. Um, and so far, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think the story has really turned into anything that is super gripping yet. Is very anime, um, which is not, you know positive or negative it's just an observation if you watch anime um it's got a lot of the uh cliche beats of what you get out of anime um which i don't mind i know anybody who doesn't like anime is gonna hate it um but uh but yeah it's it's interesting enough um i think i'm playing more so for the visual style and gameplay so far i'm hoping the story opens up into something that i can really get invested into though because it's lacking that for me so far characters are interesting enough even though they're very cliche um, combat is getting a lot better as I've been unlocking moves and getting more characters um, and finding I mean it's a JRPG so it's just every other hour it's like here's things <laughs> that are new to the game I'm like okay cool because you play western games and it's like here's every feature in the game right in the beginning you need to level up to get them better cool JRPGs are like you know about this here you go yeah. here's a new feature here's a new feature and I like both of them but I always really appreciate the gaminess of JRPGs in that design philosophy. Uh, let's see. There are owls in Tales of Arise that have just people voices. They don't even try and sound like animals. So you just hear a man going like, who, 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 who. And then you hear a girl going like, who, who, who. And everyone's all the guys just like, who, who. Top quality voice actor. Who. Well, you're de they're definitely doing it on purpose. And it's just <laughs> funny because, like, you'll be walking. You hear that. And then they're like, oh, Hoodle. Here's an owl. Hoodle's um, an owl that this girl has. Um, I've seen lots of Hoodle. You have? Yeah. Sick. Um, and all these owls have 
they're wearing them too. They have cosmetics for your characters to wear. So like I found one and he just had like a monocle on. He's just staring at me. And then you talk to him and he just goes, hoo, hoo, and flies away. And now you have a monocle. One had like cat ears. So it's it's really interesting to um, – it's an interesting way to get these visual cosmetics for your characters. Um, there's also a owl sanctuary where there's a king owl who's dope as shit and a queen owl. And around them there's trees with all the owls you've collected. So it's kind of a cool collection system but also giving you visual stuff to um, put on your characters. The game also has – Pay for DLCs. So it's just cosmetic stuff. Kind of reminds me of uh, DOA in that sense. I kind of wanted to pick them up, but I was like, I don't know if I care about cosmetics that much, especially in a single-player game. It's actually, uh, yeah, they do that a lot with uh, JRPGs for some reason, because even like Blue Reflection has DLCs, and they're all cosmetics. They're just outfits. So hmm. it doesn't affect anything other than like, you're like, oh, I want my person to wear... Uh, you know, this outfit or now it's going to be the beach episode or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. This is pretty much what that seems like too. There's like different sets. It's like school outfits, samurai outfits, fucking beach outfits, hitting the right beats. Yep. So if you're looking for stuff like that, this game is definitely made for you. Um, but yeah, really fun so far. Uh, just nothing uh, emotionally investing, I guess. So I think that's the one thing I, f- I feel like it's missing. But other than that, um, I like everything else about it. Uh, I don't know if I, sorry, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know if I mentioned it last Tease Cast or not, but I beat Dragon Quest Eleven. You did. Okay. I believe you, you talked about that. So in that. case I didn't, there it is, if, if not. Yeah. I'm and you loved it? Yeah, it was great. It's a fun game. I'm going to do post-game when I have some time. Yeah, I never really got into that because all the games that exist. Yeah, I, I just beat knew it. I was getting close. So I was just going to beat it. So I finished it. I loved it. I was like, ah, I'm kind of bummed it ended. And then I was like, I got so many games to play. I can't sit here and think about this. And I just fucking moved on. But it is a game I would definitely go back and, and, and do some of that oh, I content. Totally to. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's a fun game, charming game. Love that game. Um, and I'm hoping Tales of Rise gives me the same feeling as Dragon Quest. I don't think it will, but... Um, that's a hard one just because uh, Dragon Quest is a beloved and safe series but yeah. they, they do they, they uh, put a lot of effort in that one agreed and then my list is real easy uh, the game I've been playing the most lately is Forza Horizon 5 I finally got around to playing it and um, long story short we'll get into the details uh, it's it's a fantastic game It's uh, it feels like Forza Horizon but honed in on all the things that make Forza Horizon great, outside of network issues, which we can talk about in a sec, uh, I think it's borderline flawless as a open world arcade racer. I don't think they get better than this at this point. Um, graphically, it's fucking gorgeous. It's one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Um, as an arcade racer, it's great, plays great, physics are good and fair and fun. Um, the things you can do in it, there's plenty of things to do. There's a lot of variety. There's surprises there that you're not really expecting. Uh, there's a lot of cool story adventure stuff and characters that aren't too annoying, just kind of touring you around Mexico, which I kind of prefer more than like some kind of Fast and the Furious fucking, hey, bro, let's fucking, let's, let's race for pinks or, uh, oh, I'm just an up and comer trying to like get get big on the streets. Blah blah blah. Like these dorky ass stories. That they get close, games. but yeah, yeah. But it's it. it I, I think it's it's probably the safest 
because uh, it hasn't deterred me. Like a lot of times I play like a racing game, like I fucking hate these characters. They hate the story. And this, they just seem like, hey, the festivals in Mexico now. What do we do at these festivals? We do a lot of racing and car enthusiasm. Uh, car enthusiasm. And uh, that's about the extent of it outside For of like sure. doing some really dorky shit like uh, seismology and fucking the volcano and stuff. The story, yeah, the story missions where you have to actually yeah. like go find objectives for side the side quests or whatever, which is cool because it, it it mixes up the monotony of really fun racing. Um, it's just such like but, not a racing thing, but it's dorky because like why is my dude who's like a, a racer doing that? Do everything like dressing up in a fucking hazmat suit and anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just funny because like uh, I, I loved Forza Horizon three. Uh, I barely played four, but I, I played a little bit and it was also solid, but this one just feels like, uh, all the great ideas just getting better and better and better. Um, and then when this game came out, the reviews were all like nines, tens. Um, I mean, I would probably agree with that. I, I do think it's just like, it's so nice because in 2021, everything's gotten delayed into 2022, which is going to be fucking a bloodbath. Um, or they came out and everyone was kind of like slightly disappointed with most of the shit that's come out this year. Everything comes out and everybody's like, oh, Vanguard's okay. Well, Battlefield's not as good as I hoped. Eh, Back for Blood is fine. Like all these games keep coming out. People are like, eh. And then everybody's like, dude, Forza Horizon 5 is fucking awesome. And then I'm playing and I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's nice to just be able to say that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, I only have like a very small, I wouldn't even call it a handful of complaints. There's just a couple of things that I definitely think, um, they should work on slash fix, depending on what we're talking about. Um, the networking obviously is a, they need to, to work on and by networking problems. We've ran into is like disconnecting, not being put in the same session. Yeah, it'll, it'll sink funny. And, and, but it does have a, uh, a fallback, which is you get put in another instance, so it doesn't interrupt your gameplay. But yeah, the game is very good at not interrupting your gameplay. Yeah, well, you just driving things. Except happen. for the thing I think they need to fix, which is when I'm in the middle of doing something, don't make me roll wheels and don't make me don't open the oh, map and make me pick stuff. That's a small nitpick, but yeah, we're in the middle <laughs> of doing a fucking event, and you're racing as the clock, and randomly it just a huge message popped popped up on my screen. Yeah, and I was like, get the fuck out of my screen! Yeah, what are you I'm doing? doing something. Yeah, I'm in the middle yeah. of doing something. Yeah, same. I and I had to hit buttons and shit to interact with it to get rid of it. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? This is. Yeah. But yeah, for me, that's a small nitpick because it's only happened like less than one percent of the time. But... Sure, sure. I like I said, I it's, I wouldn't even call it a handful of problems. It's yeah. Literally, there's a couple things that they could fix for sure. Agreed. Um, I think but... the networking is is something that is not a game breaker because we or deal breaker because we were playing just fine for the most part. We didn't have issues, but every once in a while it'd pop up and. When you're having fun in a, in this seamless uh, experience, it's very well made. It's the one thing, and it's and it yeah. sticks out. Like it, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, what the also, hell happened? Also, why do I have to open the Xbox app to play multiplayer? Because they do with all their games. What, my point though is, you can integrate something into the game that just allows me to connect to the Xbox network. Microsoft hates you <laughs> using in-game features to invite each other. They uh, want you to go over to fucking Game Pass. They want you to go to the Xbox app and do it all there. Yeah, that that is also that annoying. Yeah. Um, PC, by the way, obviously, if you're playing on Xbox, the ecosystem's already there. So yeah, for um, sure. On PC, you are Xbox on the app. is an app. So yeah, for sure. Um, 
another minor complaint. It just seems silly to me to play multiplayer. I have to go open up Xbox, mm-hmm. even though I'm already playing one of your games. So yeah. Um, but that aside, like you said, the game's beautiful, and I'm only playing in 1080p. Um, which is kind of a bummer when you got a game like this, but I don't have my computer monitor um, is not that fancy. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it plays silky smooth. My graphics card just doesn't even like act like it's running a game. So it's super well optimized, um, which is insane because another game, which I'm sure you could guess, melted two of my graphics cards. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a great time. Um, and then being able to just drop in and drop out of multiplayer. Like, there's no loading screen. You just mm-hmm. get instants together all of a sudden. So, or yeah. you should. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm really enjoying the game. Um, like I was saying before, it's it's just really fucking solid. It's a game I could easily. I literally have been telling people, I'm like, if you like racing games of any kind, it's a must buy. Like, if you like sim racers, if you like arcade racers, if you like burnout-style games, like, it's not going to have, like, the high-impact sma- uh, smashing people into things um, experience. But um, if you like the core racing of any of those types of games, it's it's completely solid. And, like, all the, the Forza games, it has uh, a difficulty system that uh, the more realistic and the higher uh, difficulty you make... Um, the drive avatars, which are the NPCs, the more experience you get. So you can make this game kind of close to a sim racer if you want to, um, and you get rewarded for it, or you can make it casual and super arcadey. And I actually kind of love that system because you can kind of make it the game you want. And that's what this game is really going for is like accessibility to any degree you need. Um, I really feel like casual racer fans and like pro hardcore uh sim type racer fans possibly uh can all enjoy this game um i think the racing is uh really good uh cars feel great and different there's over 500 of them which is more than enough in a racing game it's more than most games have um outside you know like gran turismo and shit um so it's a really good roster uh, with a good variety of different uh, types of vehicles um it's an open world so there's a lot of different tracks and then you can make your own with a pretty simple, um, I forgot what it's called, but uh, you can essentially go like start here, end here, oh, and, it's, maker, and yeah. it just makes a fucking race for you right there. Um, the game is just so, it's designed so smart that it, it, it borrows from like open world RPGs and MMOs, but it's also just a racing game and it just strives uh, to give you a seamless, fun experience that even even if you're feeling lazy and you don't want to hop on the map to go look for a fucking race or an event, you can literally just ask your like AI companion GPS, and it just yeah. it just finds shit for you instantly. Like the game is just giving you every avenue to have the experience you want as easy as you want it. Even um, just driving through and like taking in the sites, for example, you get EXP. Like yeah. you just get EXP you get, constantly. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's got the Call of Duty thing where like every five seconds it's telling you you did a good job and it's giving you points for it and you're leveling constantly and then when you you know level up you get uh, these wheels you get to spin which is fun because you see all the prizes you can win and when it lands on something you get it and it's like money experience cars all sorts of shit um it's just a really fun 
I, I keep saying fun, but it's like a really fun experience that is, uh, you know, multiplayer to whatever degree you want to do. You mm-hmm. can play together like co-op in races, which I think is really fun. Um, or you can do verses if you want. You can do all these events together. You can do the story events together, which is nice. Something yeah. some games don't do and some do. Yeah, that's like commonly like unavailable in multi in co-op games. Yeah, it's, I don't get it. it's fucking weird. <laughs> so I'm just glad like everything outside of the things we've already talked about that are nitpicks of the game or you know valid concerns uh, or criticisms. Um, it just does what you want it to. Mm. Like the developer went like. Would they want this? Probably. And they did it. And I'm like, oh, sick. You can just do that. Yeah, it actually feels like the the people who make it were just like, would this be fun? Let's try it out. Is it fun? It's fun. Put it in the game. And that's pretty much it. The game is like completely, uh, at least in feel, everything was like, is this fun? Is this fun? Like constantly, everything about it. Um, You know, even like finding the barns, Mm -hmm. which should be a tedious task. Uh, because it's not constantly happening. It just happens occasionally. It, it makes it fun. So, yeah. Um, and because the game has such like a, a slew of things to do, it's really easy to just break up the monotony. Like if you're just racing, 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 like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, they, these arcade events, which basically are random events that pop up, you can go do one of those, and it could be something like like the one we did where you're running over pinatas all of a sudden. Like it's... Mm-hmm. And now you're not racing, but you're still earning. So, yeah, this happens so regularly. There's a little bit there where we were just like going around, just doing those events over and over again to see yeah. what they offer. Whether it's like jumping and off uh, jumps and hitting targets, or hitting pinatas in the desert and try not to hit the cactus pinatas because they'll stun you essentially for mm-hmm. like a good ten seconds, which fucking sucked. Um, there's a lot of there's just a lot of things that kind of break up monotony. Like you can just hardcore race, go at it. There's drag racing, all sorts of shit. But then yeah, there's all these random things that happen and the adventures, which I think are neat because they're always like spectacles. Yeah. Every time you do them, um, like I said before, it, it does pretty much everything. The last couple of games did just in a more streamlined and fun way. Um, I also thought it was interesting too. There's like um, tracks that have like weird obstacles or whatever. Um, which is something they they did in the last couple games, but they were more so like DLC shit. And this, there's mm-hmm. kind of diving into it and getting kind of crazy with it. So, yeah, um, I was glad to see that because it was a genuine surprise when we started doing that one with the balls track the with the balls, T Rexes, and the fucking stupid ass tunnel you got to drive through. God, I hate that. That <laughs> everybody. Luckily, I drove in there first, got fucking stuck, and it turned me like in- invincible for a second. And then everyone else drove in there and got like legit stuck and they weren't like invisible or not invisible, but like, um, I was able to drive through you guys. Yeah. So I was able to just get, get the fuck out of there and everybody <laughs> else was just traffic jammed in that tunnel. I was like, holy shit, dude, that was a goddamn, <laughs> that was a goddamn death trap, dude. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, very solid game. Very fun game. Uh, if you've heard anything positive about it, you're like, is it really that good? Yeah, it's fucking dope. It's got a couple issues, but they're so minor that like I wouldn't hold it against the game. Um, and yeah, and in 2021, I think it is probably one of the 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 one of the best landings for a game. Yeah, because um, there's been a lot of games that uh, have come out and people weren't that stoked about them um, after a lot of hype, and you know we got not a whole lot of games this year that came out that just like people were like across the board this game's fucking awesome but uh this game definitely is awesome um 
I would recommend it to anybody who has interest in driving in a game. Yeah, I would say if, if it's even like remotely a thought, uh, like towards the game of even picking it up, I would just say that is enough to just, just do it. Yeah. Um, if you're just not interested, I'm not going to be able to convince you. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, Forza Horizon 5 is awesome. We're both really liking it. We're both still playing it. It's still going to keep playing it. Uh, kind of alluded to it earlier, but like I've put like 22 hours into it already. And you've done more than me, so probably close to 30 or something. Or I say we're probably about the same now. Because yeah. you said your level was getting caught up. Though you did turn up your difficulty, so you're going to level faster now. Yeah, I turned up my difficulty by two because on uh, the default difficulty, it was just too easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I just got past everybody right in the beginning. I was staying in the lead the whole time. Um two difficulties above, which I think is skilled. Um, they present a challenge. I still just get ahead of them and keep it like you do in any racing game, but um, it does feel a lot like in the first lap or two, I am with at least, you know, the top two, three people and I'm behind them or they're right on my ass. Whereas before I would like completely fucking lose cars because like on the corners, they would drive very fucking safely. Like there's all brakes, which you should obviously slow down for a lot of those corners, but they would like really fucking slow down. And on higher skill difficulty, they, uh, they're a little more um, adventurous flying around in those corners. So, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. but, uh, but yeah, you get more rewards for playing on higher difficulties. So, yeah, which I like. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's everything I've been playing. I, I've literally just been playing Forza lately because <laughs> it's just that fucking good. And it's been nice to actually finally sit down and play it. Um, and then for anybody who's curious, I have not played Halo yet because that just dropped. Um, I'm going to download it right after we film this. Dropped with zero um, advertising. Yeah, I don't know. I don't honestly don't know what the fuck they're doing with that game. I guess just releasing it. Uh, so <laughs> I'll try that and I'll report back uh, when I am when we have another episode. And then uh, also, in case someone's curious, um, I own Battlefield, but I didn't buy the uh, gold and whatever packet. Like, there's there's different versions. I bought the base game just to get into the beta. I think that's why I bought it. I don't typically pre-order games. Um, but that doesn't get early access by, like, fucking, what is it, like a week and a half now or some shit? It comes out on the 19th. I think it started on the 11th, early access. That was the thirteenth, but you could be you might something, be something. If I can, it opened up early on, but um, I was like, shit, I can't play it. But I own the game, so I got to just wait till the nineteenth, which is not that big of a deal. But um, I went and tried to find like maybe an upgrade to buy one of the more advanced versions of uh, of of the game, so I could get that early access, and I would have to buy the whole version. And I was like, there's no fucking way I'm doing that, so I'm just waiting to play it now. So I'll talk about Battlefield when I get a chance, but I am very happy that I am waiting because I've heard a lot of strong critiques of the game so far and a lot of disappointment with the game so far, which has been disheartening. So I'm hoping in the like week that I haven't been playing, they have maybe patched a couple things. I watched a video today of a guy in a tank shooting... Uh, uh, just a fucking round right at a dude on the ground blowing up and the guy just went running off. Um, which I feel like I experienced in the beta. I felt like I would shoot people with like explosives all the time and they wouldn't die from it. So uh. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. And then somebody was telling me about, um, was it you 
Yeah. Talk, talking about vehicles, flying vehicles is bouncing off shit. Yeah, I saw. Which I saw in the beta as well. Yeah, I saw a clip of someone uh, trying to wreck their plane in, into skyscrapers and uh, kept bouncing off them, which planes shouldn't do. So, And then finally, they hit one at the right angle and their plane exploded. So, Yeah. Yeah, so the game has got some some issues, um, and honestly, I'm not hearing like a lot of positive things about it, which kind of freaks me out. I'm not hearing a lot of anything about it. Well, me uh, neither, yeah. which is not a good sign, but the things I am hearing about it are uh, some people saying that they didn't like Vanguard, they played Battlefield, they went back and played Vanguard, and they had more fun playing it. Which I'm like, I don't like any of that. I don't like any of what you just said. Yeah. Like, that doesn't sound good for either game. Um, yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, other people are saying, like, you know, it, the game's unplayable and shit. And I'm like, that's horrible sound. Like, I don't, I'm hearing some real bad things. And then I heard somebody also say, um, when it comes to those two games, fucking Halo's going to save 2021. Because they're playing it right now. And they're saying, like, out of the three, it's the best. So it's kind of fucking. It's kind well, of maybe crazy. I won't like Battlefield. <laughs> I, I'll play it. I'll let you know. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's being overblown. I know people like to just shit on things. So, um, uh, especially on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I'm living most of the time. So, because that's where all the news comes first. Uh, but yeah, I will be playing it on the 19th because I'm not buying a second copy of the game. Uh, if anybody knows of a way to upgrade the game on PC, that's where I'm at. Um, let me know because uh, it's too late now. I'll just wait. Um, yeah, it's a couple days, so it's whatever. And I got other things I'm playing, as I've already talked about. So, uh, yeah, I will play that, and I'll play Halo, and I will get back to you guys and let you know what I think of those games. I'm oddly feeling kind of excited to play Halo because I've heard nothing but good things about it. I'll say the last couple of videos we watched uh, were pretty reassuring. So. Yeah, they're looking cool. And someone on Twitter was saying today, I forgot who it was, someone, some YouTuber um, was saying that playing Halo uh, with his friends today felt like it gave him like real strong nostalgia which is a good thing to hear because everyone's got that like nostalgia for old school halo with their friends before we started filming i saw someone on twitter saying thank you for letting me play halo on pc with my friends on xbox too so yeah that's awesome so uh i'm really excited to try that and josh is trying to get me to buy vanguard he would he would so (laughs) And everybody know everybody Josh Josh I know I know you're watching this right now. I got a small YouTube channel, but people watch. They already know. They already fucking know. The last year I didn't want to buy Cold War, and you made me buy that. And we both played. We didn't like it. This year he's like, "Hey, Vanguard's pretty fun." I'm like, "Fuck." You know what this reminds me of? A junkie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I kicked it, dude. I stopped smoking. And then he's like, hey, dude, I just started. I I hate this. You know, I know we were quitting, but uh, cigarettes aren't too bad. (laughs) That's what he's that's what he's fucking doing. That's what he's doing. (sighs) Damn it, Josh. Yeah, yeah. He might get me, too. I'm I'm trying to stay strong. Um, Yeah, that's everything. Anything else you got, Tad? 
All right, well, let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing? What games would you recommend us play to play something that was shitty that you'd say not to play? And anything you are looking forward to playing? Uh, have you played Halo? Have you played Battlefield in the state that's in right now? What do you think about those? And what do you think of Forza Horizon 5? I'm sure you like it. I'm sure you love it. I haven't heard anything even remotely mediocre about it. And I can confirm it's great. Have you been playing Tales of Arise? Let me know your thoughts on that. And... Uh, if you're a Final Fantasy XIV player, are you excited for Endwalker? I know you are. I, already know, I know you are. Um, yeah. Let's know everything you can think about in the comments below. All right. Like I said before, uh, we're not watching any videos this taste cast, so I apologize if that's something you were looking forward to. If there is a video you'd like us to react to, let us know in the comments below, and we could do a TLG Reacts. This doesn't have to be the only video where we watch videos. Um, but as a lot of you most likely know the game awards is coming soon jeff Keeley's, um you know project where they try to legitimize awarding games for existing um the nominees have come out so what we're going to do like we do every year before we watch the game awards we're going to go through all the categories go through all the games that are in those categories and discuss what we think of the nominees what we think might win what we want to win possibly and what we hope doesn't win so let's take us over to that and yeah this is via the game awards website i've already voted on this i don't know if we should reveal what we voted for or... i haven't done it yet so you haven't are you open to talking about what you will vote for yeah I'll try and remember what I did vote for then. Because I already did this earlier. I might do it again. I'm also just going to say, if you don't agree with me, that's okay. It's just true. If you don't agree with Chevy, that's okay. If you don't agree with me, it's not okay. And not that I need to agree with you. You need to agree with me. That's that's just how it comes uh, comes down to it. Um, so, yeah, anyway, there are 30 categories. I went through to the very end because the end is always the most boring for us. I am going to speak for you here because it's esports stuff and esports teams and all that kind of shit. And we really every year just kind of skip over this. I, I barely even want to humor this. So I'm just going to assume you don't care about esports or esports teams. Yeah, I don't know anything about them. So we'll acknowledge it for people watching and listening what these are. Maybe you're in your car and you're listening. You're like, oh, what are the esports teams? I haven't checked yet. I'll, I'll read them, but don't expect any strong opinions from us. Um, At least not any serious ones. Yeah. Um, so before we go through these categories, do you have anything you want to say about the game awards or the categories or any hopes or um, things you might be apprehensive about, anything like that? Not really, because I don't even know what came out this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this year's been kind of weird. Uh, anything I was planning on playing... Um, this year, uh, I either like bought and just didn't play, or got pushed back. So, yeah. Uh, as far as so, it, it's re, you know the relation to the game awards. Um, a lot of the stuff on here, I'm probably not going to have much uh, affinity for. But I you know I could be wrong, and that'd be great. But uh, if I, I'm mostly going to be kind of winging it, I think with this one. Most years I can have an opinion because I've played a couple of the games on the, the list. And I have a pretty big feeling I've played very, very few of these ones. Yeah. Um, so. so, like I said before, this year has been kind of weird because, like, last year I think was very weird for everybody uh, as it was something that nobody's experienced. Um, and yeah. so games came out that year. Development in that year was, I think, all very understandable. This year has been interesting, though, because there was a lot of games slated for this year 
some of them got pushed back to this year. Uh, but a lot of games this year got pushed back to 2022. And a lot of games came out that seemed like they didn't meet the the wants and needs of a lot of people. A lot of games seem to be disappointing to a lot of people this year. So this year has been kind of weird. Um, you know, one year you get uh, God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 in the same year. And you're like, fuck, who's going to win that one? That's intense. And then you get a year like this where it's like, uh, which one would I pick? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like that kind of year. And again, I keep saying this, but next year is not going to be like this. Next year is going to be the bloodbath. But, you know, Elden Ring... Ragnarok, fucking uh, Forbidden West. I mean, like you got all these huge fucking games coming out next year. But uh, but yeah, this year's been really weird. It's almost been, I think the indie scene has been the most exciting thing for me outside of like Resident Evil Village. You know, it's one thing you can count on. The AAA market can't deliver the indies well. Yeah, we learned that in 2008 and on. Yeah. I mean, really, the the indie scene blew up uh, around that time because, you know, all the companies were afraid to make games because financial they reasons still kind of are but yeah for sure um <laughs> and then the indie games blow up because they're like we'll take the risk it's yeah. you know less money involved for us and in that regard it's kind of been like in years where AAA kind of lacks indie's gonna bring up the slack yeah um so you know even this year i've enjoyed the games i've enjoyed the most this year have a lot a lot of time been more of the indie games the smaller developers i say for me it's been games i've been <laughs> that I put off for too long. They're like two, three years old at this point, and I'm yeah. playing them finally. Yeah. So, yeah, this year's been that kind of year. Yeah, so, 100%. Um, it's been interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else you want to say before we hop into this? Nope. Let's wing it. All right. This is uh, thegamewards.com nominees. Uh, let's go through them. So, uh, the first one we're going to go. Like I said, I'm just going to remind everybody, we are starting at the end of the list and going up. So Game of the Year will be the last thing we discuss. So stay tuned for that or skip forward to that. We're going to start with the boring stuff at the end of the list. So with that, uh, this one is Best Esports Event. Uh, the nominees are 2021 League of Legends World Championship, the International 2021, PGL Major Stockholm 2021, PUBG Mobile Global, I hate that, uh, Championship 2020. And Valorant Champions Tour Stage 2 Masters. I'm not going to humor having an opinion on this because I don't care about any of them. Do you have anything? Um, I knew PUBG Mobile was big, but that's kind of crazy. Uh, PUBG Mobile Global. Yeah. Championship. I'm going to do this one based off of which picture is most exciting. I think the one in the middle screams more excitement than the other ones. So I'm going to go with that one. I like the colors on Valorant Championship. Champions Tour, Stage 2 Masters more. Yeah. But there's like a full crowd and, and, and spotlights and stuff. Yeah, fuck them. So, fuck them out. So them. PGL Major Stockholm 2021. I have no idea what that even is. Nobody does. <laughs> Not even the people in that picture. That's a, that's a, that's a rock concert happening. They're right just there. there for the fun. All right. Moving on. We have Best Esports Coach, and that is... Uh, Arat, Irat, Silent, Gaziev, uh, Andre, Eng, Inge, Sholokov, uh, Andre, Blade. Are these all Russians? Uh, Horodiansky, Horodiansky, uh, James Crowder, Crowder. Wow, that's creative. That's a creative name. And Kim, Koma, Jong, Gyun. Again, 
I don't care. So I'm going to go based off of uh, their names. And I liked saying Andrei Horodietsky the most. That was, my, that was the most fun name to say. So uh, that, yeah, that's my pick. I'm going to go with the same person just because of the elite speak. <laughs> True. Because that is a, a dead language these days. So This Eret Silent Gaziev. I like how he, he's just silent. That's it. I mean, look at him. He you ask looked, him a question. Silent. I about to say, you ask him a question, he just doesn't say shit. And they're like, what's up with him? He's like, oh, that's silent. Yeah, I can tell. All right, moving on. We got best esports team. We got Atlanta Phase, DWG Kia, or KIA, uh, Natus Vincier, uh, Sentinels, and Team Spirit. I think Team Spirit is the only one I remember from last year. The rest of them, I think, are all new in terms of the the nominees. Not that any of that matters to me at all. Um, I'm going to go with the Natus Vincere, wherever the hell, just because it's a more interesting name, and they're playing Counter-Strike, which is always cool. That is the only reason I'm going to pick that one, because I, I don't care about any of the games, but uh, yeah, Counter-Strike I'd probably care about the most out of the five games there. I had to imagine fucking being Sentinels and playing Valorant. <laughs> oof, oof, big oof. All right, moving on. Let's. Nope. Best esports athlete. We got Chris Simp. Lur, simpler. Uh, Heo Heo Showmaker Sue. Uh, Magomed Collapse Kalilov. Kalilov. Alexander Simple Kust Kustliev, uh, and Tyson Tens uh, No, No, I don't know how to say that. Um, I don't care. I don't fucking care. I don't fucking. Care. I'm about to unplug my mic. I don't care that much. Uh, I'm gonna go with Chris Simpler because at least he's uh, he's honest with himself. I think a lot of people are these days, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Showmaker because thumbs up. Showmaker. Oh yeah, he he's the most enthusiastic of all these guys. It's just more of the kind of reaction I would give if I had to give any. So, yeah, he looks like a showmaker. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, okay, we're getting into games here. We got best esports game. The nominees are Call of Duty, Counter Strike. Oh, they actually have little descriptions here. I didn't see that. Uh, best esports game uh, for the game that has delivered the best overall esports experience to players, uh, inclusive of tournaments, community support, content updates irrespective of game or genre or platform not game irrespective of genre or platform and then we got call of duty counter-strike global offensive which i can't believe is still fucking going strong um i know it's very popular but it's crazy because it's, it's old. top played game steam every day yeah it's fucking wild it's crazy how the hell is that a thing uh dota 2 league of legends and valorant um I think I voted for Call of Duty this year. I almost call or I almost called Duty. Uh, I almost uh, voted for Counter Strike, um, but I don't play Counter Strike anymore. I haven't played Counter Strike in years. Um, but hey, I play which Call. One would you want to watch Call of Duty because it's more relevant to me? I'm not going to watch anybody play Dota. I'm not going to watch anybody play League of Legends. I'm not going to watch anybody play Valorant. Uh, I I'm not going to watch anyone play anything. But I would get more out of watching somebody play call of duty because I, it's it's more relevant to me at the time i'm gonna know what they're doing i know what guns they're using i'm gonna know what perks they're using so yeah 
that's more thought I put into that than when I hit that fucking vote button earlier today. I said, this is easy for me because out of all five of those games, I've watched two Call of Duty streams this year. Yeah. They weren't competitive, but I watched two Call of Duty but streams. But you watched it. Yeah. So one, you could. One was, uh, what's that called? Return to an object to try to hide. Prop hunt. Prop hunt. I watched a prop hunt. And I don't even know if it's modern Call of Duty or not. It was just a Call of Duty stream. They all kind of have it now, I think. And then uh, the other was the mode where the only weapons you have is a crossbow, tomahawk, and a knife. So, Yeah, it's sticks and stones, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I think prop hunt is definitely an eSport. Um, <laughs> that'd be weird to watch that competitively. It'd be a lot more fun. So you'd vote for, uh, for Call of Duty? Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. We got most anticipated game, recognizing an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward. That's a lot of weight. Push the gaming medium forward? Are any of these really going to do that? A lot Maybe. of weight on four of those games, too. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, the nominees are Elden Ring. Everybody knows what that is. God of War Ragnarok. Everybody knows what that is. Horizon Forbidden West. Everybody knows what that is. The sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Give that game a name. I know. Somebody fucking hook that game up. And then we got Starfield. Um, the the Bethesda game that we don't know much about. It's sci-fi. Uh, shit. What did I... Oh, I voted for um, uh, God of War Ragnarok, but I could have went uh, easily with uh, Elden Ring as well. Um, I could also potentially see Horizon. Forbidden West, but I am admittedly more excited for God of War um, and Elden Ring. You think- I'm, I'm excited for all of these games, really. I mean, Starfield, I'm, I'm apprehensive about because it's Bethesda, but um, I want to know what they're doing. It's a new IP, so let's see what they're going to do. And it's hard to get excited for a game that's just the sequel to The Legend of Zelda. I mean, Zelda, so it's going to be fine. But anyway, I, long story short, God of War is my, my vote just because I fucking love the last one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, this was pretty easy for me. Um, I'm also gonna go God of War. the The last game was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I don't say that about very many games. So, um, very much looking forward to the continuation of that story. Um, as much as I appreciate Elden Ring, I won't play it. Um, That's a fair point for you. So I, it's not anticipated uh, in that regard because at least with like. I could be excited to to check it out because I, I think it looks amazing, but I just know I won't play it versus God of War I'm going to play. Horizon I'm going to play, but I also – Horizon keeps feeling very samesy the whole time, and so it's really hard for me to get, like, excited. I know I'm going to play it, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a solid-ass AAA game. But I'm, I'm kind of – got this concern in the back of my mind that it's not going to, like, push anything. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I'm not a big Zelda fan. Um, I know that people love Breath of the Wild. People are still playing it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited for you guys that you're getting another one. Um, I'm excited that you're getting the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and I might irritate some people here, but I don't give a shit about Bethesda. So It's fair. Yeah, I don't know either as of right now, but uh, potentially um, they could uh, solidify that for me or uh, do something <laughs> exciting. Uh yeah, is is yeah, real. Say never, but yeah. yeah, I can't, I can't do that. Like even Konami, if they just like got a new 
uh, dude running that place, and they just started fucking pu- like pumping out dope ass games. I would be like, "Well, you guys did bad things in the past." I'd be like, "Great, I'm glad we're back. Let's go." But yeah, it's right now they're shit. Um, yeah, it's really hard for me not to pick Elden Ring on this one. But I just I I know, you know, God of War Ragnarok's gonna be sick. So it is my most anticipated for sure out of these. Although, like I said, Elden Ring's a close one. So, and a real morbid curiosity with Starfield. I just want to know what the fuck they're doing. I'd like to see it. So, anything else? God of War. God of War. <laughs> we are both in agreement there. Yeah. Moving on, we got best debut indie game. For the best debut game created by a new independent studio. So, I mean, they're they're specifying with new independent studio. Um, I'm just going to say I didn't play any of these. Oh, no, no, no. That's yeah, not true. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, the nominees are The Artful Escape. Never heard of it. Never seen it. The Forgotten City. Haven't played that. Kena, Bridge of Spirits. I, I was. I know. I was curious about it, and I fucking never even played it. Uh, Sable. Which looks familiar, but I don't, I don't know what it is. Definitely watched the trailer on that. Yeah, it's got an art style I recognize, and Valheim. I almost said Valorant. Valheim. Um, Valheim. <laughs> um, which I played a shitload of, so that is why I voted for Valheim for best debut indie because I kind of feel like it deserves it. It came out and it sold like a motherfucker. People were very stoked about Valheim for a solid like month. I mean, people, you know, were stoked about playing it afterwards, too. But, like, the month it came out, yeah, it was, like, hot. the game people were talking about. Um, and it's solid. And it's, like, a lot of fun. It's not revolutionary. But it merges uh, RPG action-adventure game with, uh, you know, something Minecrafty that um, is just a lot of fun. So it was a really, 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 really easy pick for two reasons. First off, I really liked Valheim. But secondly, um, I didn't play the other four games. So that's yeah. my pick. Yeah, I really need to play that that Kena or Kena game. You pick it up and let me know how it is. Because we're getting down to the wire. I'll say we'll see about we that. Gotta, we got we got we got divide. But yeah, the only game the I attention I played as well was Valheim, and I'm not even like the biggest fan of that game. I don't like dislike it or anything. I just I'm not in love with it either. So, um, but I played it, <laughs> so <Yeah>. it wins. <laughs> That's what you pick. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say on this? No, no, not really. Out of these four games, the only game you want to play is Kena. Well, I don't know anything about the first two at all. Yeah, um, the Forgotten City I've seen a couple times, but and Sable, if I'm not mistaken, was like one of those like you know uh, experience games, and I'm those are hit or miss. Oh, fucking probably, dude. That's like goddamn, you know, fucking indie directors always make horror movies, fucking. Indie developers always make journey games. Yeah. All right, moving on, and uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna play Kena as well. I need to look into it. Uh, we got content creator of the year for a streamer or content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the community in 2021. <laughs> what community? These guys, no one fucking did anything for me. Um, that first one's controversial. That's funny. Oh really? Yeah. Why? Minecraft speedrunner who got caught cheating. Oh, shit, because I, I voted for him. Did you? Yeah, yeah just because all these pictures, I was like, that one. Uh, That's interesting. Uh, so the nominees are Dream, uh, which is, I believe is who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Foosley? Fussly? I don't know. I don't know these people. Uh, Fussly. Gals? <laughs> Gals? Gowless? Gowless. Gowless. Uh, eBay? 
Ibai. Ibai? I, I would assume. Ibu. That's just my brain going Japanese, though. Uh, he looks like him. Uh, Grefke. What are these people? They're all just like single names. You know what's really funny about this list is like, I can think of a lot of, I've been watching a lot of streams this year and like it's none of these people. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're really reaching here. I'm sure every single one of these people have like a million fucking followers that, and I've never heard of any of them. Um, I voted for Dream just because their picture is not a generic picture of someone just looking at the camera. Um, it's a dumb drawing, and that's why I picked him. Because so you're welcome, Dream. Um, I got no. I don't care. I don't watch. I don't watch people play video games typically. Yeah, I like to play them. Yeah, I, I as much as I think like the whole Minecraft speedrunning thing is like interesting. It's about as interesting as any other speedrun thing for me. Where this I, guy's like, a I, cheater, dude. Supposedly got busted cheating. I don't know the the whole controversy, but I just know that like, you know, he fucked up, people, dude. People don't like bringing up his name anymore. Well, so my vote back. I thought it was kind of funny to, that they even put him on here. I'll vote for fucking cheaters, dude. Um, yeah, I am gonna go with. Let's go with a uh, Ibai, for no reason other than beard. Ibai. Yeah. All right. You have a beard, you win. Yeah, congrats on the <laughs> beard, I guess. Congrats on the genetics. Coming coming from a dude with a beard, and <laughs> I guess congrats, dude. Um, all right, moving on, we got best multiplayer for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game, genre, or platform. The nominees are Back for Blood, Knockout City, which is on PlayStation Plus right now for free. Make sure to play that and come back at the end of the month for Plus Club. That's one of the nominees. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It Takes Two, the co-op game. I need to play that. Monster Hunter Rise, you should. Um, New World and Valheim. I voted for something, and I don't remember what. I think I voted for It Takes Two. My thinking behind that is I haven't beaten It Takes Two. I'm about halfway through it, but the games Joseph Ferris, Ferris makes, um, I think, are, are really imaginative. The dude's got a lot of passion, and I think it's cool that he has the balls to make strictly two-player multiplayer games. He's, he doesn't make games that you like play with an AI. You have to play with somebody else. Yeah. And even though it does suck for people who might not have an opportunity to do that, the experience you have in these games can only be had in this format. And so he's going out of his way to try and create experiences, even if it could uh, not work for him financially, um, even offering that people can play with you um, through these passes or whatever that he does with uh, that in a way out. Um, he just takes this risk of, of making these games because he's passionate about this idea of two-player co-op games. Yeah. Um, and from what I have played of It Takes Two so far, it's really fucking cool. It's I a really cool imagine of game. Um, and so for me in this, uh, it is my pick. And some of you might be thinking Monster and Rise. Why wouldn't I pick that? I didn't play it that much this year which kind of sucks um what i did play of it was really good but i didn't play as much as i would have liked um i didn't pick new world because even though i think new world is a lot of fun honestly i'm one of those people um and i really love that they made an mmo um i did i don't feel as passionately about it as it takes two valheim's great it's a lot of fun i think it'd also be really i think most of these are pretty easy pick back for blood not as good as i hoped it would be but it's not bad 
but you know, it, I don't. I'm not going to vote for a game that I have that opinion on. And Knockout City, I can't talk about, but I didn't pick it on here. So come back in the, the month to talk about that with us. Yeah. Um. I think New World has way too many problems outside of the one I had, even. Yeah. To be um, even on this list, if I'm being very fair. But if this was most dangerous to video cards category. I think he would have to vote I, for New I, World. Not, not even just video cards. You didn't hear all the other problems that game has? No. It has gold duping that's really easy oh, to I've, do. Oh, in-game problems. Yeah, I've heard about yeah, them. Um, yeah. The chat box is literally capable of doing Crash, coding. Crashing games. Yeah, you can type code in to crash people's games or yeah. make them see pictures and stuff. Yeah. It, yeah, anyway. It's weird. That game's got a lot of problems. They need to... You want to talk about fucking problems, though? <laughs> Did you see the glitch that the Grand Theft Auto 3 has? No, but I heard it was buggy, for sure. You can literally wiggle the car left and right. There's a video of it. If you just press left and right while driving a car, it grows. What? And I don't even know how that's in the code of the game. I just watched a video where this guy's just driving down the road, rocking his car, and his car's just getting bigger on the road. It's just growing, growing, growing. feeding that car calories. Yeah, it's fucking weird. I'm like, why? (laughs) Why? And then I don't know if this is true. Fucking let me know in the comments if you know this or not. Josh was saying that they used um, an AI to remaster the game. So it's got all these weird issues. That'd be very interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. But he was explain. He was telling me that that's why there's like billboards that don't. They say words that don't exist. All this weird shit that wasn't in the original game. I'm also gonna say though that's not an excuse. No, I I agree 100. percent It's lazy as fuck. But at the same time, as an experiment, it's kind of crazy. That's true. But it also explains why all the characters are just like smoothed over, weird looking versions of their original selves. Anyway, I, I thought that was the, that was an interesting right. glitch in the game because I've never seen that in a game where like something just grows because you're driving in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, that's pretty bizarre. It's weird. Yeah, yeah I, I just watched. I was like, "What the fuck?" Anyway, uh, I honestly, um, if I were to play, had if I had played, it takes two. I bet you'd probably be a contender for sure because yeah. the uh, the last game, uh, a way, way out. out, was awesome. I think you'd like it. Yeah. My problem is though replayability. And when I think multiplayer, I think it's something that you can just kind of hop in and hop out with people. So I am going to say Monster Hunter Rise. Um, I did play the whole game and multiplayer with multiple people, and it never stops being fun. So Yeah. I think it's Monster Hunter. Yeah. It's, it's fucking an easy pick. Yeah. Yeah. Regrettably, I didn't play it enough, and I you know can remedy that, but I'm fucking catching up on everything else. Got it's an expansion out. coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah, I, need, I just need to play it. But I need my save file. True. True. All right. Anything else? Nope. You pick Knockout City, dude. That's fucking crazy. All right. Next category. Best sports slash racing for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game. Nominees are F1 2021, FIFA 22, Forza Horizon 5, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and Riders Republic. Um... I, of course, voted for Forza Horizon 5. Um, I maintain that I originally said Forza Horizon 3 was one of my favorite, if not my favorite, arcade racers ever made. I would just kind of take that opinion and slide it on up to 5. Um, so very easy for me to vote for this. I never played F1 2021. I never played FIFA 2022. Uh, I didn't even know Hot Wheels Unleashed was a thing. And Riders Republic, I have not picked up yet. So, um, honestly, though, I'm hearing a lot of really good things about it, which is weird because I was a big Steep fan. I really liked Steep. 
and this is just like an evolved version of steep and steep didn't do that great uh reception wise and uh everyone i know who's played riders republic likes it so that's pretty cool. That I, cool to hear. I almost wasn't going to pick it up. I was like, eh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll... Ubisoft keeps fucking about. So. One, it's the, like one of the most positively fucking reviewed games that Ubisoft has put out this year. Um, people are more enthusiastic about that than fucking Far Cry 6 after it came out. Oof. Ubisoft literally was confused on why people stopped playing Far Cry 6. And I'm like, that's not, that's not a good uh, thing to be confused about. But anyway, yeah, uh, I, I almost thought about skipping it. And then I've been hearing nothing but like positive reception. I'm like, I might have to fucking buy it. Huh. So, Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Forza. I don't think this is a question. Yeah. Um, as much as I think FIFA 22 is a pretty crazy racing game, I uh, I love Forza. Forza Plus. No, I know. Okay. <laughs> People the rest, run, the rest of them are, are basically racing yeah. games. Yeah. So It's funny to see all these vehicles just hauling ass and then a dude just fucking getting low. A ball is kind of like a wheel. They're just running across the field, dude. They're racing each you other. You put one foot on, you kick with the other foot, and you just momentum takes you forward yeah it's totally how it works right put a bunch of dudes in shorts make them run across the field and throw a ball in there somewhere something's gonna happen yeah yeah no forza just is great so um buy forza not sponsored yeah but if you want to you can but i'm not gonna stop saying fuck um all right ready not gonna be advertiser friendly yeah so <laughs> buyer beware you're in for a scare uh next genre or thing Nom- nominees next, are next thing bobber next thing uh this one is best sim slash strategy best game focused on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay irrespective of platform we got age of empires 4 evil genius 2 world domination humankind inscription and microsoft flight simulator mm-hmm. i voted even though i haven't played it so Take this with a grain of salt. I voted for Age of Empires 4 just because I'm a huge fan of Age of Empires. I just haven't had time to play this one. Good news but, is I've heard it's good. But out of the five of these, uh, it is the one I'm the most hyped for. I have played Microsoft Flight Simulator, and as much as I think it's impressive and really great looking, um, I didn't go back to play it, so it's not really for me, but I'm happy for it exists. Sure. I've heard great things about Inscription. I was gonna say, Inscription's getting a lot of positive feedback. But every time I watch a video on it, I don't know what the fuck's happening. Human kind of heard really good things about it as well. Problem is, I don't I don't have, it's like, fuck, it's, it's kinda like Civ, but not, and uh, I don't have time for that right now, so. Anyway, this is, uh, this, this whole category and the nominees are game Seth doesn't have time for. Yeah, and I voted for Age of Empires four. Why does Sega publish multiple strategy games? That's crazy, dude. I don't know. Yeah, Sega, Sega uh, just bastardizes Sonic. That's one thing they do. They do that, and then they make Yakuza, and everybody loves them. And then Lost Judgment, and well, it's Yakuza pretty much. And then um, they make strategy games. It's weird. And PSO, which is still doing fine. True. Yeah. It's weird. It's Sega. No one cares about them, but they they kind of maintain bangers. Yep, and Yakuza just gets more and more popular every year. It seems Sega's like, like in stealth so. mode, dude. They're just kind of flying fucking low. Yeah, they they basically are like here's our mascot, but fuck that guy. Yeah, I, they, <laughs> I don't know why like the thing they're famous for. They're just like fuck this guy, but then they're like, but by the way, these games are pretty fun. And people are like, yeah, they are pretty fun. Yeah, like Total just, War. People just stop, love those games. Just stop doing that to Sonic yeah. in front of everybody. This is weird. Um, I'm, I haven't played any of these either. Um, and like you, I heard inscription 
was very good. I played one of them. I've read that Age of Empires 4 is also very good, but uh, because I voted Microsoft last round, I'm going to say inscription for Devolver Digital this round. That's fair. So. They, okay, this thing, this when people might be thinking or going or flip me shit for not playing this or that or beating this or whatever, I'm looking at fucking three games here that I haven't played that I want to play all three of them. I don't got the fucking time when I'm playing Tales of Rise. I'm playing fucking Forza. Huh? There's so many, even in, a, in this year where like there's not a whole lot of huge bangers, I still don't have time to play these fucking games. Ugh. Correct. And it's it's rough, dude. Because I want to play, for sure, Age of Empires and Humankind. I'm curious about Inscription. Um, but yeah. Anything else? Nope. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Moving on to the next category. We got best family. This isn't best family game. It's best family. Is your family good? <laughs> Not good enough to be on the fucking nominees. Uh, yeah. So this is for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform or family. You don't got that family? Doesn't matter. You can still play family games. All right. Uh, the nominees are It Takes Two, Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I forgot that came out. And then WarioWare Get It Together. I voted personally for It Takes Two because I've played that. I think it's really good. Um, I think it's interesting. It's uh, for family. I, I mean, it's not mature, but I couldn't imagine. Everybody, like, when the game came out, was like, oh, this is a great game to play uh, with your boyfriend or girlfriend. And there's this joke happening all over the place where people are like, me and my girlfriend were about to break up and we played It Takes Two and now we're back together. Everything's good. Blah, blah, blah. There's like a bunch of reviews like that. Um, so I guess that's family stuff. Anyway, uh, that's what I picked. Um, but honestly, I'm curious about all these games. Yeah, I, so. wanted, I wanted to pick up WarioWare. And I watched a bunch of people play it. It looks awesome. But... Uh... I don't know if I'd say that is necessarily the best family choice. Not saying that it's bad for family, just out of the other options here. I don't um, bring WarioWare fucking or Wario anywhere near my family. <laughs> Look at his pants. They're fucking ripped down the center Yeah, well, in the front. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Mario Party. I think that's probably the the best like family games because it's multiple people. It's a board game setting. Yeah, like, for sure. It's it's definitely there, um, and plus it has a bunch of mini games and stuff like that. Um, also, this version is like kind of like the the best of one, so it's got all like the fan favorite stuff in it. So. Yeah, who's rounding up their family to watch them take pictures of Pokemon? I don't know. That game's supposed to be really good, but that's like a one player game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, watch me take pictures. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird choice. Oof. Maybe there's multiplayer. I think they just saw the word Pokemon. Yeah. But Diamond and Pearl weren't out yet. And so they were like, well, we have to put Pokemon on there. There's like, um, you could play this around babies and it won't be offensive. They might not like when you throw apples at Pokemon. I love throwing apples at Pokemon. <laughs> it's my favorite activity. All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. Moving on. Best fighting for the best game designed primarily around head to head combat. The nominees are Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the Hinokami Chronicles, uh, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood Type Lumina, I don't know what that is, uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, which I heard pretty good things about, which is weird, and Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown, which I didn't, I forgot that came out because we played that. 
We actually yeah, played that fucking game. Did. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played it, but I voted for Guilty Gear Strive because out of all these games, uh, I, mean, I love Guilty Gear. So It's sick. It's sick. I hear it's sick. That's <laughs> good to know. Um, and I should play it. But uh, yeah, I voted for that just because Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear, cool. I like Guilty Gear. Um, and yeah, what... Uh, what... Um, what is my computer doing, please? Uh, what are you picking? I'm also going to pick Guilty Gear Strive. I bought it. Um, I've played a little bit. Not as much as I, I probably should have for something I bought. But um, I'm a fan of Guilty Gear to begin with. But um, on a side note, I've heard nothing but good things about Melty Blood. And that's a type moon game. So it's the same people who do the the Fate series of animes. It looks like it, yeah. Um, and Saber is actually in the game. So... Um, I kind of want to pick it up just for that. Um, it looks cool. It's very, um, very like old school, like, uh, like style fighting game, like visually, but then like the effects are like wild. So, mm. um, I don't know. I, I, I need to try it out. Cause, uh, like I said, I've only heard good things about it. So. I don't see Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown winning. Not unless some of the people who <laughs> didn't like our opinions on it showed up to vote. Yeah, there's like three people on Reddit who were like, they oh, were not they're like I don't know what the yeah. fuck you're talking about. I don't know what game you played. I'm like, I played the game you played. Yeah. And I thought it was very simple and boring. And it was a uh, fun revisiting of more a more simple time in fighting games. Which was fun for the nostalgia, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe those three people will vote a lot on that. And I've um, heard no one talk about the Demon Slayer fighting game, so that's kind of weird. I've heard people talk about the Nickelodeon one. <laughs> yeah, me too. So I've actually heard more about that Nickelodeon game than almost every game on this fucking list. So that's interesting. Well, I mean, Nickelodeon, I guess, is, is pretty well known. Um, but yeah, I, I need to play Strive, but it's Guilty Gear, so I'm, I'm sure it's very good. Anything else? No. All right, moving on, we got... Best role-playing. For the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences, in which I see none on this list. All right, the nominees are Cyberpunk 2077. In case you're curious about that, that came out last year, but it came out so late that it could not be a nominee for the Game Awards. So it carries over into this year. And we actually... Not that, obviously, we're at the Game Awards, but for our Game of the Year discussion, I have a similar mindset of, like, if something comes out late, if you want to carry it over into the next year, it's fine because you don't have time to play it. But I also think if you played, you sat down and played it for, like, 10 hours in one day, and then the next, you know, three days right. you knock the game out, you can also throw it on there, too. So, you know, if we do something similar like that, don't be surprised. Uh, but, yeah, Cyberpunk 2077 is uh, on here. Uh, came out last year, but it, here it is. And then we got Monster Hunter Rise. We got Scarlet Nexus, which I forgot came out this year. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five, and then Tales of Rise. Um, so I'm playing Tales of Rise, and I'm really liking it. But I voted for Cyberpunk 2077. Um, actually played and beat that. And uh, contrary to some people's opinion, um, I really liked it a lot. So um, it was an easy pick for me. And I would love to see Cyberpunk win an award, especially uh, with how far they've come along with uh, trying to correct the problems that they you know, definitely had. So uh, I could have seen myself easily picking Monster Hunter Rise 2 if I played that more. Um, I haven't played Tales of Rise um, enough 
to be able to pick it. And yeah, I didn't play Shin Megami Tensei 5 and Scarlet Nexus. I played the demo. It was pretty fun. I'd like to play it more, but time. Yeah. Um, this one sucks for me. I I really liked Monster Hunter Rise. And though it is technically an RPG, I have a hard time calling it an RPG because the only thing it has is the rank up system, in my opinion. So, and that is um, locked behind story progression. So, it's more of a post game feature almost. It's like when they used to throw, I remember when I was a kid, they would always throw Zelda in with RPGs. And it's an action. And I'm like, it's not an RPG. Like, (laughs) you don't level up. Yeah. So, I can't pick it just because I think it's barely there. The other three at the end there, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensai Five, and Tales of Rise are all games I am interested in playing, but RPGs are investments, yeah. and I don't have that kind of time. Um, I did play Cyberpunk 2077, and it is more of a role-playing game um, than the other choice I could pick, so I have to pick Cyberpunk just out of process of elimination, to be honest. Yeah. So... Yeah, and when it comes to like character development, and not like storyline wise, but like progression and making characters yeah. and leveling up and all that, I mean, Cyberpunk is probably the most RPG out of all these, aside from Tales of Arise. Uh, yeah, I I have a feeling if I played, like, Shin Megami, I think is the one that kind of screams to me the most. I probably honestly would have ended up picking that one just because yeah. um, I've heard nothing but good things, anyways. Um, and I was already looking forward to it, but I didn't play it, so I can't pick it. Yeah. So. I mean, I picked a couple things I didn't play, but uh, there's educated reasons for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Moving on. We have Best Action Adventure. For the Best Action Adventure game, combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Platformers. It sounds like they're, uh, they're describing there. I guess not. The traversal thing sounds like it. The the puzzle solving. Definitely platformer. Yeah, that, that's the thing that made me second-guess what I just said. I was like, wait, that's not what that is. Um, nominees for Best Action and Adventure are um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. What game do you think I picked? Uh, Marvel, obviously. <laughs> that's definitely me, dude. I definitely loved Metroid Dread. I, I voted for Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert for discussion at the end of the year. Uh, I think Resident Evil Village is probably one of the best games this year. So um, I really enjoyed it. And when it comes to uh, combat and puzzle solving, um, I think it was a really fun experience. It's not really the traversal aspect. Um, I humored picking Ratchet & Clank, but I haven't beaten it. I've played it. I, it's fucking solid. Um, I have not played the other three games. I don't think I will be playing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy or Metroid Dread. Uh, Psychonauts 2, I will get around to playing, but I feel like I need to beat the first game before I play that one. And I have not beat the first Psychonauts. I played it quite a bit, though. I should probably go do that. Yeah. I don't got time. But I had enough time to beat Resident Evil Village like four times. That was earlier in the year. So, yeah. I went crazy. I was on vacation, dude. I beat it once. It's like, I have to play that again. And I fucking just boom, bam, 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 bam. So, although I hope I have time to do it, but I want to beat Ratchet and Clank. A part. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's short. that short. It's short. I sh- okay, I should just knock it. I should just do it this weekend. Just knock it out because that one's getting so much discussion for game of the year material that I'm like, I I should just fucking play that. I need to play so I know. Because yeah. from what I have played, I mean, it's it's a great showcase for uh, next gen consoles or current gen consoles, and looks great, plays great, super smooth, really well made. Yeah. Um, the only game I even care about on that whole list is Russian Clank, so that's my pick. Fair. <laughs> You're gonna play fucking Resident Evil? More Hell shame. no! What shame! What shame! All right, moving on. We got best action game for the best game in the action genre, focused primarily on combat. The nominees are Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Death Loop. We're gonna be seeing a lot of Death Loop here soon. Uh, Far Cry 6 and Returnal. I don't remember what I voted for here. I think I voted. I think on this one I voted for Deathloop, just because when it comes to action game, uh, Returnal. I've actually played all these, so that's nice. Um, Returnal's cool. I'm not super in love with it, but I think it's a. I think it's fun. It's not a seventy dollar game, but it was a brand new PS5 game, so I was like, I'm gonna spend the premium price on it. Happens. But uh, it, it's it's a really cool game. Um, I'd like to return to it. Returnal to it. Uh, Far Cry Six. I was very disappointed in. Um, it's not a bad game, but it's not. It's not as good as I hoped for. It's not Far Cry. It was fun. <laughs> well, soon Far Cry is not gonna be Far Cry from what we're hearing. Um, with the next game gonna be like a games as a service thing. Um, but yeah, Far Cry Six was a disappointment for me. Uh, Chivalry Two. I played a little bit uh, when it came out, and it was solid. But it's Chivalry, just better graphics and better systems. But uh, just a lot of swinging swords, which is you know it, it's fun. Um, Back for Blood. Um, I've played it's left for dead with cards and it's fun, but not, not anything amazing. Um, so yeah, death loop, um, which is essentially just fucking, uh, dishonored, but with like this weird retro sixties vibe and an interesting story. But the thing when, when I'm talking about like best action game out of these picks, I think the combat was probably the most, more, most interesting of these five games for me, just because you get creative with, um, your abilities so that's why i picked death loop and i'm sure GameSpot and ign are just gonna love that i voted for death loop because they just fucking want that game to win everything anyway yeah um i haven't played any of these games i own one of them um, uh you own back for blood yeah yeah i haven't played it yet um though i am gonna say if i'm just thinking about what an action game is. I'm actually going to say Chivalry 2. Because I think it's pretty much the definition of action. It's definitely an action game. <laughs> so, so that'll be my pick. I mean, I, I would agree with that. If I was thinking like, <laughs> yo, what's action? Is it <laughs> teleport around shooting people? Is it running around until you die and have to reset? Is it fucking shooting hordes of zombies? No, it's grabbing a sword and just fucking swinging at other people's swords. Just fucking screaming and swinging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Less chaotic than Mordow, though. Uh, next uh, thing. I almost said fucking topic. Uh, best VR AR. And this is for the best experience playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. Forgot Hitman 3 was VR. Same. Now, I'm going to be clear about this. I have not played any of these in VR. I picked... Uh, I guess I should read these. Yes. <laughs> I'll get to what I was going to say in a second. We got Hitman 3, 
Uh, I expect you to die too. Lone Echo two, Resident Evil four, which I forgot came out in VR, and then Sniper Elite VR, which I'm kind of curious about. Uh, I picked, and again, I haven't played any of these in VR. I picked Hitman three because I've played Hitman three and it's fucking awesome. Um, so I picked it because that's the only game I played. But uh, I would like to try all of these. I, I want to try every VR game, but um, I like to try uh, Resident Evil four and Sniper Elite VR. And I should probably try Hitman 3. So I recently watched, because well, I hooked up my VR, mm -hmm. uh, a video of best 25 VR games for PSVR of 2021. And Hitman 3 and Sniper Elite VR were both on that list. Cool. Um, the big reason for Hitman 3 is it's a full game. And if you own Hitman 1 and 2, all the missions carry over. So you get three games worth of VR experiences in one package. So... Um, I feel I like if it was like the best 25 games for PSVR, that's pretty much all the VR games. <laughs> it's just a list of PSVR of the games. Year. Yeah. No, because they had an honorable mention section as well. So, hmm. um, but Sniper Elite VR actually looked really cool. Um, so I'm going to vote for that one because it, it looked like a, a cool VR experience. So. Yeah, I need to look into that. I mean, Sniper Elite's awesome anyway. So the idea of just doing that in VR. Yeah, it looked cool, seems, for sure. Seems like they would have some good ideas for that. So, All right, moving on. We got innovation in accessibility, uh, recognizing, so recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. This category is pretty cool, and this is a trend that I'm actually uh, – Glad to be singing gaming. Um, yeah, doesn't really sure. affect me a whole lot, but I like the idea of uh, building your game and then building tools that uh, will help other people be able to enjoy your game as well. Um, we're seeing it, it's kind of crazy how this just kind of showed up and blew up. Um, it seems like once one person did this, everybody's like, we should also do that. Um, so it's a really cool trend to be seeing in gaming, especially because some of them are like so simple. Yeah. Well, The Last of Us Part Two, I think, did a really uh, crazy um, job at accessibility. And after that and the reception of it, it seems like a lot of people are, like, trying to jump on board with that. Mm -hmm. um, it is extra development, but um, it is cool. Uh, I mean, even Forza Horizon 5, when you start it up, it's just reading everything for you. So yeah. uh, you can turn it off, which I did, but um, it's cool that it starts out like that because then maybe if you have, you know, Certain kind of my menu does it every time, regardless of being shut off. Yeah, so. mine does it at the at the intro screen. Yes. That's it. Yeah. The nominees for innovation and accessibility are Far Cry Six, Forza Horizon Five, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and the Veil. Uh, the Veil Shadow of the Crown. I don't even know what that is. Um, first off, I think it's great. All these games are doing anything. That's awesome. So they all win in that regard. I picked Forza Horizon 5 because I have the most recent experience with it. And I think it does have a lot of really good options. I went through and looked at them and, um, it by default has some of them turned on for people who might not want to, you know, go searching to turn those on. Um, be like I said before, you know, bravo to all these guys for, for doing it. So yeah, I'm going to echo that sentiment. Um, and I'm also going to echo Forza Horizon 5 because, like you said, right in the beginning it has TTS on. Um, so uh, that's that's great, especially because um, 
you know, it's easy enough to go in and, and shut it off if you don't need it. But if you do need it, it's already on and you don't have to go searching for it. So, yeah, um, I think that's fantastic. So as much as like I find it a little inconvenient, um, that's not for me. And my inconvenience doesn't matter. Yeah. And that person's probably inconvenienced by games a lot. hundred percent. All the time. So. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. I'll take it. It's I think it's a great new. thing. So, yeah. I agree. All right, moving on. We are checking out best community support. Easy. Recognize, yeah, it was for me. Uh, recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity and game updates patches. Nominees are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14 Online, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. A hard time believing that second one, to be honest. But that's all right. Destiny two. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, and anytime I see Apex Legends fucking talking to the community, it's them explaining why their game's hacked and doing weird shit. So I'm like, I don't know if that that really counts as community support. Shit that game, though. Yeah, but weird shit's been happening all year with that game, and yeah. they just keep coming out explaining themselves. I'm like, dude. Uh, I, I voted for Final Fantasy fourteen online. I think it's an easy, easy pick. Uh, shout out to Fortnite, though. I think they are, regardless if you like the game or not, I think they're really good with their community. I think they uh, communicate with them a lot, and I think they value their community. They definitely know um, their audience. Yeah. yeah. And then shout out to No Man's Sky as well. Um, the redemption arc of Hello Games has been um, the example for people to follow, and I think they've been really good uh, now with um, communication and relationship with uh, the community that... Uh, at this point, has fully embraced that game. So, very cool. But I think Final Fantasy XIV is the easy pick here, not only just because I, I like Final Fantasy XIV, um, but they're just... If there's any community for a game of uh, of any game that's, like, as positive and stoked to talk about the devs of the game, it's the community for Final Fantasy XIV because uh, they're always relaying everything that they're thinking and doing. Um talking about you know struggles of people in the dev team having cancer and uh, talking about the sincere um, um, unhappiness with delaying the games that they're or the the expansion they're putting out they're very uh, emotionally uh, um, attached with their community and uh, transparent which I think is good because it's like building a relationship um, with them so i think 14's uh devs are very good at that so there's an easy pick for me also an easy pick for me for all the same reasons um and you know not to toot the the good community thing too much because obviously it's an online game it has crappy people in it and sure. including the overly positive people um because they turn toxic as soon as you say anything bad but um we're trying to chase off asmongold yeah you're that not worked. welcome here. That worked really good. Yeah. Um, you should be thanking that guy for giving that game more money. Yep. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, the the fact that they already do constant communication anyways, um, and, like, their dev talks aren't short. They're, like, six hours long. They, like, they don't have to do that. They can just post. They can do what every other company does and post a blog post. And they don't do that. So. Now you can tell from early on that they had a game that could have just failed and then they took a risk on it and it's paid back, uh, you know, tenfold. And yeah. they have now have a community that, uh, really supports their game and they definitely, you can definitely tell they appreciate it. So, um, 
Yeah, they do a lot of, and I'm not just saying this because Final Fantasy fourteen, but just in general, if you look at the example set by other devs, it's not there in the sense of like how much they explain themselves and how much they're they're just wanting you to know where they're coming from and all this stuff. So there's definitely a very strong um, relationship between the devs and the community for the game, and you see it on both sides. Yeah. Anytime I talk to anybody who plays Final Fantasy fourteen regularly, I mean they you talk anything about the people who work on that game and they're they talk about them like they're like fucking celebrities and <laughs> they're big fans of them and shit. So Yeah. They definitely have a good uh, relationship. So easy pick out of all these, I'm sure the other games have great community support as well. But yeah. All right, moving on, we got best mobile game for the best game playable on a mobile device. The nominees are Fantasian, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Wild Rift, Marvel Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. I voted for Genshin Impact because it's the only game of these five that I've played. And uh, I think it's, I mean, for a mobile game, it's a pretty premium console experience. So um, good on for that. But I'm not a mobile gamer, so this is not something I necessarily care about. Yeah, I'm going to go with Fantasian because Mistwalker made it. And then the guy who runs Mistwalker is the original creator of Final Fantasy. So, hmm. um, Plus, I heard that that game was decent, at least. So, Interesting. Uh, I need to try it. I, I don't play uh, mobile games for very long just because it's not my platform of choice to be playing video games on. But I, I have definitely dabbled in some mobile games. So. Though mobile games on the Fold 3, fucking very cool experience. Um, All right, moving on. We got Best Indie for Outstanding Creative and Technical Achievement in a Game Made Outside the Traditional Publisher System. Nominees are 12 Minutes, Death's Door, Inscription, Kena Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. The thing that really sucks here is most of these games if not all of them i want to play for sure and i didn't play any of them i played one a lot um <laughs> so like 12 minutes is a game i still really want to play i yeah. should sit down and play death store i've heard really good things about inscription i've heard really good things about Kena bridge of spirits is a game i wanted to play loop here i don't know much about but i've heard good things about it uh i picked 12 minutes because i thought it was a very interesting and cool looking game um so yeah, that's what I vote for. I'm gonna say vote as you. Like there's a lot of stuff here that I like even now want to play. Um, I should check out Death Store. I don't know anything about that one, but um, it's a Devolver Digital, so I'm sure yeah. it'll have something in there I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to play the other three, but I've put 60 hours into Loop Hero. <laughs> I love that game, so I'm voting on that one. Three of these games are Devolver. They they're like the the big indie company apparently, yeah. huh? Yeah, they are, 100%. <laughs> I would say they're probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, indie yeah. publisher now. Publisher. Yeah. yeah. Sloop Hero? Oh, yeah. That game's great. Oof. I'll have to look at it sometime. Um, all right, moving on. We got Best Ongoing, awarded to a game for outstanding <laughs> development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Nominees are... Apex Legends, Final Fantasy XIV Online, Fortnite, Genshin Impact, and Call of Duty Warzone. I voted for Final Fantasy XIV Online um, because Final Fantasy XIV, I think they're doing a great job. 
uh, as an MMO. And out of all five of these, I like it the most. So that's why I voted for it. Ditto. <laughs> Anything else? I mean, no, I, I, I don't play the other four games. So. Yeah, I mean, I've played Apex Legends. It's it's dope. It's really well made. And then I like Call of Duty, but none of those have. The, I mean, as an ongoing game, I'd rather spend my time investing in characters that take a long time to level up and and get somewhere, as opposed to did I win that last match? No. Okay. Did I win that last match? Yeah. Cool. Fortnite, I don't play Genshin Impact, I don't play. So I say three battle royals, a Breath of the Wild clone, and an MMO. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the MMO just has the most investment for me. So and it's fourteen, which is a great MMO. So uh easy vote. Uh next category we got games for impact, which is always a category I don't really care about too much. Uh for a thought provoking game with a pro social meaning or message. Beautiful. Uh oof. Nominees are Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chick Damn. Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Life is Strange, True Colors, No Longer Home. I voted, and I don't know any of these games except for Life is Strange, True Colors, and everybody knows my opinion on Life is Strange. I don't give a fuck about it. Uh, maybe that one's good, though. I don't know. I didn't play it. Uh, I picked No Longer Home because in the thumbnail, it's a dude petting a cat. Which I thought was pretty cool. I like how there's two of them with cats, though. And fuck that one. That one's a weird. That's a weird cat. Um, yeah, I don't know any of these either. Um, so that name boyfriend dungeon is ridiculous. Um, I'm gonna go with chicory because I like the um, the the mostly white the white gray scale. Uh, it's like with, a coloring book with the colors kind of yeah. like in there. I I like that kind of stuff. So. Did Boyfriend Dungeon really impact people? I'm impacted there, right now. Is there a fucking... <laughs> um, is there like a meaning behind that? That's just like, wow, I can't believe they went there with that. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So, uh, voted for cat petting. Uh, all right, next category. We got best performance awarded to an individual for voice over acting, motion, and or performance capture. The nominees are Erica Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange, True Colors. Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo, Castillo uh, in Far Cry 6. Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn uh, in Deathloop. Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu uh, in Resident Evil Village, or better known as Mommy Milky. And then uh, Ozioma Akaga as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. Um, I voted for Mommy Milky, uh, Maggie Robertson, because I thought she did a really good job as Lady De uh, Demetresque. Um, obviously, that character was very popular uh, before the game came out, but um, I think she played her very well, and it was a lot of fun as a character. Um, I played all these games except for Life is Strange, um, and I can say... The other three that I'm not voting or didn't vote for, I think they all did great too. I think they did really good. I think uh, Giancarlo Esposito was wasted as Anton Castillo because it's a one note character. Spoiler, alert. but um, he did good. I'll say I, I really like his voice. So oh yeah, no, yeah. he's he, he's great. He the character is boring, so it's like it, the writing is bad. So his performance is good. 
but I can't love it because he didn't get to really fucking go all out. Right. And then um, Jason Kelly and uh, Ozioma Ak- Akaga, um, they both do fantastic in Deathloop. The dialogue's good. Just the game doesn't really explore it a whole lot. You don't really see their performances. You just hear their voice work. That's good. But yeah. uh, I just really enjoyed uh, Maggie Robertson as uh, Mommy Milky, as so many people did. Uh, well, and because so many people did, and I have not played any of these, I'm going to also vote for her um, because uh, the little bit I have seen is, is it seems like a good performance to me. So um, it's a lot. But of fun. I think everyone in that game sounds pretty good. So. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, and I'm and I'm sure I'm sure uh, Erica Mori does a great job as Ox Chen in, in Life is Strange. As much as I, I mean, I'm yeah, not probably. a fan of those games, I'm sure she does a great job. Um, all right, moving on. Best audio design, recognizing the best in audio and sound design. Who are your choices? Okay, they they are yeah. Because I I didn't feel super passionate about any of these at first. I was like, eh, one's definitely the pick. Uh, the nominees are Deathloop. Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. Um, I, I voted for Forza Horizon 5 because uh, when we're talking about best audio design, um, you might be thinking about music or whatever. I'm thinking of like the design of the sound and the way it works. And in racing games, you really got to work hard to make the audio sound good because you're working with the the sound of the the engine, the sound of uh, you know tires on different uh, types of Textures, terrain, yeah. uh, like sand, dirt, yeah, yeah, grass, rocks, hitting trees, yeah. um, mixed with uh, music. Which I think audio design. There's a lot of really cool, especially in the beginning, um, audio things that happen with visuals that I think are a lot of fun. Um, and I think they just really thought about the audio a lot in Forza Horizon 5, so it was a really easy pick for me. But Deathloop's got like a cool soundtrack. That's about it. The rest of it's just a typical yeah. shooter. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I don't really remember the audio, so it wasn't really I'm that sure impactful. Fine, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's fine, too. Yeah. I just It's nothing left an impression. Resident Evil Village's uh, uh, audio design is really good because there's a lot of ambient sounds that are really creepy. <laughs> but But... One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But I still think Forza Horizon Five is is better. And then Returnal has a cool audio style, but I don't think it had like a great audio design. So Forza Horizon Five was an easy pick for me. I'm also gonna go with Forza Horizon Five because they took a lot of effort into making a bunch of um, effects. Because at the end of the day, you are just kind of driving a car around, and so part of making that a more um, believable experience is very much the audio in fact i remember uh when gran turismo was it five or six i can't remember five i think yeah um one of the biggest complaints was the cars didn't sound beefy enough essentially yeah it's kind of thin yeah the sound design Um, was which shows how much it matters and forza's wasn't so like as much as i'm a gran turismo fanboy um I listened to both of them like I couldn't even make a case for this. So well, and, and that's just it, right? So and obviously, when you are just driving, driving, and a big, big part for people is going to be that like engine sound too, right? And oh, every dude, car, car sounds different. Car nuts want to hear the engine. Yeah, when I drive my Dodge Dart, it sounds different than when I drive you know that that Ford we have you know uh, in the beginning or whatever. Yeah, they have or very when you hop in sounds. a fucking Lamborghini and you just go, just fly off and shit. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and like you said, they did a good job. I mean, 
anytime you're like, besides knowing like when you hit water, it's gonna be scary. All that like tire sound just kind of stops and you just hear because of the water, right? They yeah. did a good job. So um, a lot of sounds going on in that game. Yeah. So definitely that one. Because um, this is not best soundtrack. This is best audio design. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just whenever I talk audio with people, a lot of times they just jump, jump to the music first, which I get. It's audio. But yeah. like for me, I'm just like, dude, atmosphere and the design of, of creating immersion through sound. It's a lot of games don't even fucking try as much as other games. So it's it's uh, something I always am really adamant about. Yeah, if they didn't specifically use the word design, I, I could see that. But I that immediately makes me go everything else other than the soundtrack. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. We're in the top there it is. five now. Uh, oh, easy. Best score and music. So this is the music. Uh, for outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. The nominees are The Artful Escape. I don't know what that is. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy with its 80s songs that people are always like, I've heard that before, I love it. And Near Replicant, I'm not going to go into all the numbers. This one was tough for me, but I think I voted, as much as I wanted to, for Cyberpunk 2077, I voted for Near Replicant because I think the music and... Um, just what they do, what they do with the music in the near games is really good, um, really um, captivating. Uh, I played Near Replicant not as much as I would have liked to, but uh, for a little bit, and uh, just instantly loved the soundtrack. But really hard because I think Cyberpunk uh, has a great uh, original score. Um, it has songs that were made just for this game that you listen to on the radio and stuff, and uh, then it has its own soundtrack for action that's all very well done um and yeah it's great as well death loop it's fun but it's not it's nothing impactful for me and then like i said gardens of galaxy i'm i'm not impressed with a a collection of you know nostalgia radio friendly uh 80s songs that i recognize because i've heard them a million times that doesn't do anything for me so if i want to listen to 80s music i'll just go listen to it um and the 80s music i like is not in that game so but um yeah, and then Artful Escape. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're they're listening to in that. Maybe it's the best. I don't know. But very hard for me to pick between the two. But I just remember Near Replicants music was just really fucking good. Yeah. Um, I mean, mine's pretty similar. Uh, well, actually, actually identical. I'd say uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven has a great soundtrack. Um, it fits the world very well. Um, they did a very good job in that. You could tell they, they definitely were trying to capture the atmosphere with the music, and it, it is definitely there. Um, plus, one of the characters being a rock star as well. is, is It's it's just part of the game anyways. Um, but Okabe, or the composer for the Nier games, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I listen to the near soundtracks yeah all the time (laughs) so yeah they're they're phenomenal uh square has talented musicians so yeah it sucks because i really wanted to pick cyberpunk because just how much they did for it they put so much fucking work into it but a lot of the songs in cyberpunk i'm not a fan of i just appreciate that they made original songs for it it makes the world and and the atmospheric music of the game itself and not like the music you're listening to is really fucking yeah, cool. Yeah. But Nier's music's good. Oh, yeah. 
Like I like the music, and easily so, like fifty percent of the game. Yeah, and it's a huge part of the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a huge identity of it, and yeah. just like the last near game, like it's they they have such good music, and so that's that's why I went with it for sure. So I agree. Um, yeah. anything else? Nah, I just instantly uh, weight of the world is playing in my head now. So. Yeah, yeah, they, they do great things with the music in those games. Um, all right, moving on, we got Best Art Direction for Outstanding Creative and or Technical Achievement in Artistic Design and Animation. The nominees are The Artful Escape. I need to look that game up, apparently. <laughs> Deathloop, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I, I don't remember what I voted for on this one. Um... Oh, no, no, no. I, I voted for Psychonauts 2. Uh, I haven't played it, but I've played Psychonauts 1. I've seen, uh, you know, trailers for Psychonauts 2. I think when we're talking about art direction yeah, yeah. and design, uh, I think it's the most creative of the five. Not to take anything away from these games, Rash and Clank looks like a fucking Pixar movie. Uh, Kina has a really cool art direction. Uh, Deathloop has cool uh, visual design that, that is inspired by, you know, the, the 60s retro look. Um, Artful Scape looks like it has a cool dude with a guitar. Um, so that's cool art direction. Uh, but yeah, Psychonauts 2 is, is very imaginative, and so it was an easy pick for me. I honestly could probably flip a coin between um, Kenna and uh, Psychonauts, because I think art direction-wise, they're both very cool-looking yeah. games. I'm going to go ahead and lean towards um, Kenna a little more, though, because um, as much as I appreciate what they're doing with Psychonauts, um, I have a hard time with the cartoon stuff too much yeah. so yeah it's not my style for sure i, I agree it is with what you're saying but it is super well done 100 yeah. percent. and i do think um if it if it does win it to- totally deserves it uh, but i i really like everything visually about um kena or kena yeah. or whatever the fuck the game's called yeah we'll never know we're not gonna play it um all right moving on uh, we got Best Narrative for Outstanding Storytelling and Narrative Development in a Game. The nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. I picked It Takes Two because out of all these games, uh, I haven't played most of them. Um, and uh, It Takes Two is a very creative, uh, fun way to tell a story. Um that I think it tells in, like I said, a fun way. It's it's just a really charming game. Yeah. Um, I haven't played any of these, so. But I'm gonna agree with it. Takes two. Um, a way out was a really cool way to tell a story, and it was a good story. Um, I can't imagine that was a fluke because the yeah. little bit I have seen of it takes two. It looks like it follows the formula. So. Yeah. It, uh, it's it's fun and creative. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with that. Um. I'm sure the storytelling is fine in all the other games as well. Um, and I'm sure the people who are a fan of Life is Strange, that is a story game anyways. Like, it makes sense that that would be here. Um, well, I feel like if I, if I would have played Psychonauts 2, I, I could see myself leaning to that one as well because um, yeah. they're they're very uh, animated, very zany, crazy, fun games. Yeah, honestly, um, the... Guardians of the Galaxy and Deathloop one kind of throw me off a little bit because I don't really take either of those for being like narrative experiences, I guess. Deathloop's a narrative experience in the, in the sense that it's borderline cerebral because you are piecing together the story as you go forward. Um, 
through this death loop, essentially. Like, you keep dying and repeating, and that's how you uncover what the story is. Um, so I think it is really smart. It's a really smart um, roguelite. Um, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, I've, I've heard really good things about, you know, what they did with the story. It's got a lot of, like, really... It's very story heavy. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's, you'd have to be into Marvel, though. You I'll say it's into, a superhero story, though. Yeah. Right? Not to like, downplay that too much, but it's going to be kind of predictable, I feel. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's probably the weaker one of all these, and that's yeah. saying something when I say I don't like Life is Strange. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say those are story games, about so. any of these games. I'm just saying, in regards yeah, I'm sure to they'll... like storytelling, I feel like. Um, at least on this list, it takes two in Life is Strange. Or that's kind of the point. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on. We got Best Game Direction awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in Game Direction and Design. Uh, the nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I voted for It Takes Two. On this one, because um, I think what Joseph Ferris does with his games um, is really creative, and it's definitely coming from him because there's similar things going on in his game design in both games he's made, um, and he's definitely very passionate about um, mixing um, storytelling and, and playability. Uh, there's a lot of little things in both games I've played of his that don't need to be there but are to add to the experience, and it takes two definitely takes it further than the last game. Um, and you can tell that's something he's inserting into the game. Um, so he, I, I just find what he makes really charming. So that's a really, I mean, that's direction. So, yeah. um, though, you know, all these games are high-end, well-made games. Um, I just don't feel, I'm sure Psychonauts 2, like I said, if I would have played it, I, I feel like it would have been, I, I probably would have leaned in that direction as well because um, I forgot his fucking name. Um, Tim Schafer. He's got a fucking style. He's kind of the Tim Burton of fucking games. And so game direction, his his blueprint is going to be very visible in any game he makes. Yeah. And so I just haven't played it, so it's hard for me to prioritize that over a game I have played. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart uh, is, is great as well, um, but it feels like other Ratchet and Clanks, and I, you know, it feels like a lot of platformers. It's just very well done. Returnal. Um, is neat, but I I really don't even think it really belongs here. And Deathloop, it's fun, but yeah, I don't know. I think it takes two is definitely definitely the best out of these. So that's why I voted for it. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with you again on it takes two. I think it's kind of hard to argue outside of maybe Psychonauts. Um, I I want to say Ratchet and Clank because they they were innovating, you know. Using that word, but innovating and and, and design wise with the thought process of the load speed of the PS5 with the whole portal mechanic and stuff like that, I thought that was um, good direction. But um, it is also, like you said, it is just Ratchet and Clank still, yeah, it's still platforming, and it is borderline a gimmick. Um, not a complaint there. I'm very looking forward to playing the game whenever I find the time to do it. I love Ratchet Clank. I also kind of feel like, not to take away from it, because load times are, are fantastic, and what you can do with the what they do in that game is definitely... I feel like the direction there is after 
Sony went, we need a game that showcases the PS5. What can you do? Right. And then in the direction they went, well, we can do this whole like fucking portal thing happening, this whole rift thing. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it's as passionate as say, you know, a game like it takes two or psychonauts too, because I really feel like ratchet clank is a showcase game that was made. Like I said, not taken away from it's great, but it feels like, like they're like, we need a game that fucking shows off PS5. Sure. And like I, show us what you can do. And and that's why I, I said, I think it's between it takes two and psychonauts too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I'm going to lean towards it takes two just because um I just have more of an affinity with it. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one. Everybody knows what it is. Game of the year. Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. The nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Um, I just want to say that I'm a little upset that uh, Forza Horizon 5 is not on here. And uh, there's another game. A lot of people are really upset that Tales of Arise didn't make it on this list or really anything too much. It's on like two things, I think. I feel like it's um, going to be a, a vocal minority, but yeah, I could yeah. I could see. I also saw people expressing they were upset that Scarlet, Scarlet Nexus didn't make it on here as well. I haven't played it, so I can't really tell, but I couldn't see that game winning anyway. Um, those are like niche games. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Um, but I get if you're super into it. Which is funny because they're closer to my niche. But, yeah. But I, I agree. Sure. They are niche. So. Um, I'm going to throw out a prediction before I go with what I voted for. I think Deathloop's going to win game of the year because 90% of the voting power is uh, through the committee. That is probably a bunch of people from the industry and uh, people who work at places like IGN and GameSpot and shit. Sure knows. And uh, yeah, and so when Deathloop came, Deathloop came out, everybody was giving it ten out of tens and shit. I, I would give it like a seven out of ten. It's it's a solid game, but I don't think it's like amazing. But they were going fucking insane about it. And then when these nominees came out today, GameSpot was like, the ten out of ten Deathloop has made it into the game of the year fucking nominees and all this shit. And I'm like, oh my god, dude, you guys like that's like. It's like a coordinated effort to get that game as game of the year. And if it wins and people want it to win, cool. I've literally talked to like three people today, though. They were like, why is Deathloop there? <laughs> so, like, I'm, and that's not even that. I didn't even insert anything there. I was just talking about the nominees and like Deathloop. Yeah. And then someone else is like, I forgot it came out. So I'm like, Ugh. so anyway, my prediction, and I am happy to be wrong here. I think Deathloop has a very good. Ch- I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to win. I think it has a very, very good chance of winning, um, regardless of if you like it or not. That being said, um, and I don't think Metroid Dread will win. I'd be surprised if it takes two wins, but I would be stoked about that. I don't think Resident Evil Village is going to win. I don't think Russian Clank is going to win, but I think it could. And Psychonauts two possibly it just seems kind of niche um all that being said uh my vote was resident evil village out of these games uh the reason why is um out of all these um i beat it like four times um it was one of the first games in years that i beat and felt like i needed to, to play through it right after i beat it i enjoyed it so much i was like i gotta fuck play that again um, I really enjoyed Resident Evil Village uh, a lot. Way more than I thought I would. Solid shooting. Uh, solid gameplay. Cool story. Great graphics. Great replayability. It was just a solid-ass game. 
um, similar to uh, Forza Horizon 5. Just a game I was like, yep, I can confidently say it was a dope-ass game. Um, but yeah, I, if I didn't vote for that, I would have voted for It Takes Two or Ratchet and Clank. This is such a, in my opinion, weak-ass list. Um, it, it is kind of weak. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked Resident Evil Village is on there. And I think Ratchet and Clank, I, I think most of them deserve it. But like Deathloop, It Takes Two, and Metroid Dread, I think, could be replaced. Um, I'm just going to pick It Takes Two. <laughs> uh, we'll have to get you to play it before the end of the year. Because uh, I think it's probably the most interesting one on the list. That's literally my only reason. Um, How cool would it be if It Takes Two won? If Walking Dead can win indies can win that was so. yeah that was a huge surprise because i had no interest in playing that then in one i was like ah, fan fucking i might as well try it and then i ended up loving it. i'm like oh yeah. that's why yeah so yeah sometimes sometimes that happens yeah i don't think it's gonna win uh, but i think it probably out of all of these um probably deserves the most i do think resident evil is a great game as much as i'll never play it um I've heard nothing good things. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about it. And the amount of people I've seen play it is incredibly high. Yeah, it came so, out early in the year, though, too. So I think some people forgot about it. I still see people streaming it. Yeah. So. It's, it's fucking really good, man. I loved it. Um, super addictive in the variety of locations. and everything. It's just so fucking fun. Also, the highlights of different people when they get to the window. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, window? Baby? Um, no, but those are fun clips too. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. It, it had like genuine things that, that were like, you wanted to share them. Yeah. The, the experience. Uh, so you said it takes two. Uh, yeah. My personal, what choice. do you think's gonna win? Um, I think has the best chance. I think Nintendo always has the best chance. Yeah. Um, I think Bethesda always has the best chance. And I think, uh, People love Resident Evil, so if they do listen to community feedback, I have a feeling people are gonna vote for Evil. So, I do. I hope so because what I voted for, but I fucking I feel like I'm not hearing it. But I also wasn't hearing anything about Sekiro and it won. Yeah. Somehow I heard nobody talk about it for Game of the Year, um, and that's like in real life and on Twitter and everything. Nobody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about uh, Death Stranding and something else. So it could definitely be surprised. I think the like most likely winner here, just because of uh, games journalism and uh, the people who work in the industry, I think Deathloop has the best chance of winning. But I also think Nintendo Dread uh, has the best chance of winning as well because it's a Nintendo game. Nintendo games, everyone plays them, so they have a high likelihood of being voted for. Oh, not fairness. Not to take away from Metroid Dread. I heard it's great. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, Nintendo games always have a very good chance of winning. Yeah, regardless of what it is. So. Um, the fan love of It Takes Two, people really love that fucking game. It's solid, it's awesome, and it's got a lot of heart. So I could see it having a possibility of winning. I think it could be like an indie darling, which would be very cool to see. I just think Deathloop and Metroid Dread have a better chance. Psychonauts 2 as well could have that indie darling thing, but I haven't heard about it as much as it takes two. Ratchet and Clank, I think, is a safe bet because it's Ratchet and Clank. And it's, I'd be thrilled if that one won. Yeah, it'd be cool. So, yeah. And then, yeah, Resident Evil, I feel like it's probably one of the least likely ones to win here. I hope I'm wrong. But, yeah, I don't see it winning. I think too many people enjoyed that game. I, I agree. I just don't think the numbers of them 
compared to the numbers of other games. And Deathloop, like I said, I don't think if that won, it's the, the us. I think it's I think it's sure the sure. yeah. I think it's GameSpot and IGN <laughs> that made that happen. So I it's literally, if Deathloop wins, I don't one gal who's always on stage. It's her fault. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. Um, yeah. So those are my thoughts on who's gonna win. Uh, and who I would like to win. I would actually be okay with most of these winning. I don't think Deathloop should win. And I don't think Metroid Dread should win, even though I've heard really great great things about it. I just don't have any I don't I'm not a I'm not a huge Metroid guy. But uh but yeah. If Psychonauts two, it takes two, uh Ratchet and Clank or Resident Evil One, I'd be happy. So I'd be very stoked if Resident Evil wins though, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. All right. Anything you want to throw in there before we close out? Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching the show as much as I don't um, have actually any strong personal attachment to anything in the categories this year. Yeah, it's kind of a weak year. Um, but it'll, I'm sure it'll be a fun show. And because it's the Game Awards and basically E3, yeah. um, looking forward to all the trailers. Yeah, no, it's always a fun spectacle, even though so. it's in fucking hyperdrive. Yeah. As soon as they start, they're just like, blah, 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 blah. They, like, tell you who won things in between segments. And I'm the... like, like, was that Facebook? Uh... Gaming? Yeah, kind of, where they are, like, specifically like, trying to help people in, like, you know, poor countries or with disabilities and stuff like that. You know, I'm sure we'll see a lot of that, too. We saved a baby from lions back in the 70s. Now he's Todd Howard. Probably. And he, it's it's a real underdog story. Beautiful. Now he's just exploiting he's, his fan base for money. I was like, now he's just charging you for Fallout 76. Yeah. It's a real inspirational Facebook. Thanks. Now those are always fun to watch. Um, yeah. So those are our thoughts. Let us know your thoughts in the uh, comments below. If you'd like to type that all out, you can go category by category and tell us what you wish would win. That'd be a lot of fun to read. But if you don't want to do that and you have a specific one, maybe just game of the year, uh, let us know. Is there anything you felt like got snubbed, did not make it into um, categories? Let us know that as well. And uh, don't quite talk about what your game of the year is. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that later this year. But yeah, save um, that. But as for this situation, you know, let us know what you'd vote for and what you'd like to see win. Even if it's not particularly what you would vote for or you would want to win, maybe you'd be happy to see something else win. Let us know everything you're thinking about in the comments below. And if you want Seth to definitely share that with the with the class, make sure to put ask TL, hashtag AskTLG in front of it. Yeah, exactly. With that, we're moving in to uh, the segment where we read your comments and reply to them and reflect on prior episodes. If you'd like your comment to be uh, put to the front of the line and definitely picked 100%, unless it says something insane, type in hashtag STLG in your comment. Otherwise, I pick at random. Although we have one video to read and we got a bunch of comments, so I might just read them all here because why not? We did uh, the last Taste Cast, which is 152, where we reacted to Final Fantasy Fourteen Endwalker launch trailer talked about its delay. We watched Lies of P gameplay. If you don't know what that is, it is a Pinocchio inspired Souls like game. So check that out. And we talked about Lost Ark beta impressions because we played the beta and we had a lot to say about it. We got comments from all you guys, and I'm gonna read them. So the first comment we got is from Jeremy saying, "Nice timing with your new upload video. It made my afternoon at work extremely more enjoyable. You guys make my day. Your comment made my day." Thank you for the support. I'm glad that we could uh, we could make your day better with the video. 
it's definitely appreciated. Um, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually completely relate to that. And that's necessarily with our stuff because, you know, it's mostly me just listening to it every once in a while to, to kind of make sure I didn't sound like an idiot. But <laughs> um, uh, there are certain people who upload things while I'm at work. I'm like, thank you. So yeah, every once in a while I'll look on YouTube and I'll see someone I, I listen to regularly. I'm like, Oh, sick. Yeah. So I, I can relate to it. It's just 100%. weird, weird that it's us for you, but yeah, that's awesome. You. So yeah. it's very appreciated. Um, then we got miss, uh, Noaletha. I forgot how I, that's probably how you say it. Um, saying my spouse is excited for Liza P the style of game is right up his alley. Not quite my style to play, but I'm sure I'll watch a lot of it. I'm intrigued by the Pinocchio inspiration and how that will play out. Um, I mean, I, I agree. It, it is up my alley. I obviously talked about that, but it's interesting that even though it's not a game that you would specifically want to play, you still have an interest in the subject matter and what they're doing with it. Um, I totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's for me, it's hard because I like everything. So like, I want to play everything, but, um, I, I get, you know, I, I've known a lot of people who are like, I don't really like playing those kind of games, but I'm kind of interested in what the hell is going on with it, what's the story, especially like, I know a lot of people who don't like to play scary games, but they want to see the story play out. They don't want to interact with it or have to move forward, which I get. Yeah, I don't want to touch it, I just want to watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I agree with you, the Pinocchio inspiration leaves a lot of questions, um, so I'm very curious about what they do with it. I feel like it uh, could either be very cool or... Kind of lame, but I, I, even if it was lame, if the gameplay is good, who cares? So yeah, I, I think it's gonna it's gonna work out. It pretty had to well. be pretty lame because what they really showed done. us seemed pretty intriguing. Yeah, it, it looked cool. So, um, but yeah, uh, I'm glad that even though you're not uh, you're not um, probably gonna play it, you're definitely interested in it. That's uh, it's always really cool to hear. Yeah. Anything you want to add? No, I said my piece. I said it. I said my piece. All right. <laughs> thank you for the comment. Yes. Uh, we got Dante saying, everyone said that Liza P gave them Bloodborne vibes, and I can see that clearly, but my first thought was Dishonored, Bioshock. Also, big hype for Final Fantasy XIV. Um, it's interesting. Uh, Dishonored, I can see. Uh, Bioshock, even though it's not genre-wise the same, it did have a like a visual style of like a fucking uh, place that once was like everything was fine gone awry yeah, yeah like bioshock it had this uneasiness of like what the fuck the happened vibe here is there for yeah sure, yeah and so i agree with that 100 percent. and then yeah bloodborne um i could see that dark souls any kind of game like that i could see for sure um it absolutely is not ashamed of how much it's inspired by, yeah, by yeah. dark souls but it owns it and i think it does it in a way that's very confident so um, I think it's really cool, but uh, I mean, I agree with you on on what you uh, had to say about that, and uh, I'm glad you're hyped for Final Fantasy 14. Big hype, big hype. Anything else you want to add? Huh? Huh? No, no. Okay. No. All right. Thank you for your comment. Uh, we got a comment from Writer's Block saying, "Sup, gamers? TM. Yeah, I've been AFK a bit. Got me some of that China illness. Little more than a headache and a bit of a dry cough and nausea, though. Either a weak strain of C19 or its danger to middle-aged people is overhyped. Uh, Y'all solid two, I hope. Yeah, man, I hope they put some autonomy in Elder Ring. Then again, if you don't, or if they don't, it is their first open world after all. And even if it's map 
even if it's a map game, it's going to be a fun one with rewarding exploration. Uh, hopefully you have, uh, you're recovering or have recovered and feeling better. Um, we just went through that as everybody most likely knows. Um, we're, we're doing great. I feel fucking great. Yeah. I feel great too. I don't want it again though. Yeah. Me neither. It, it wasn't fun, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're all good and hopefully you're doing really good. Um, it seems like a lot of people, if not everybody is, is going to get it. So, uh, get your turn. Yeah. So just uh, get get healthy, take those vitamins, and uh, do all the appropriate actions that you feel are necessary. Um, hydrate. You should be doing it anyways, but hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm glad your case was mild because uh, Agreed. mine was for the most part, and then like the last four days it got a little little weird. Um, you had a couple rough days, but for the most part it was pretty Yeah, but, but it wasn't fun, and no. I just hope everybody gets through it smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um and then, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, we've talked about it at this point, but uh, I agree with you. I hope there is uh, more going on, with, going on with, uh, with Elden Ring when it comes to being like an open world game. But like you say, it is their first foray into that. And so I think there are some, some exceptions that should be allowed um, in, in their game design because with anybody exploring new things, you know, maybe they'll nail it, which is always great to see, but maybe they won't. Um, but I do agree that uh, exploration will be rewarding. I mean, it's from software. They're, they're fantastic at that. So uh, I don't see why this game would take away from that strength. Um, sneeze. He's going to do it. He's fucking shraggy going to sneeze. There he goes. I apologize to anyone listening to this. Sorry. In only audio form. You couldn't anticipate the atrocity to that just away, took place. It was lingering on. So um, so the one thing I, I really uh, kind of hope is you, there's a line here that I want everyone to hopefully do. Because here's a problem with, with most uh, uh, gaming in general is hype is dangerous. And yeah. this idea of it's their first open world game and it's okay if it's not, you know this huge amazing feat in that regard so um they're gonna make a fun game it'd be crazy if they didn't yeah after the network test i've heard nothing but great things about it yeah i i just like the the sentiment there of being understanding in case it's not like the most amazing thing ever as well so sure um more people need to think that way (laughs) yeah i agree and other than that feel better so yeah glad you're doing good uh and thank you for the comment uh psycho scream says the delay gives me time to relic grind and play battlefield 2042 chevy the delay gives him time to relic grind is that is that that's final fantasy 14 thing it is okay every every worthwhile in the game wow that's (laughs) that's subjective um it's it's glamour at this point for him so psycho is glamorous dude yeah, I it is a good time for that. You're right. This is, we're in the middle of a lull. So, uh, and on the, on the front of Battlefield 2042, if you've played it already, you know I'm waiting till the 19th to play because I bought the pleb copy. Um, have you played it and are you enjoying it? Um, what do you think about it? Let me know in the comments because uh, or hit me up in the Discord because uh, 
I've been hearing some pretty fucking mixed things on it, which is kind of alarming as somebody who's been pretty hyped for the fucking game. Played the beta, had problems, but I was still excited for the core game that I hope they would fix. But I've been hearing some really alarming things. So hopefully you've been playing it and hopefully you've been enjoying it. And uh, mm-hmm. if you have, I'll, I'll be playing with you at some point soon. Yeah. And then Psycho Scream also says if they kill off Alice Uh-huh. I'm done with Final Fantasy fourteen. Now we can't talk about this too much, I feel like, because that's a character that obviously he cares about. Um, do you agree? No. And do you think they'll do it? Um also no. There's actually a comment in here that some somebody is it, I'm not gonna read this. Is this a spoiler? Um I think I think it could be. Okay. Well I'll hide it. You guys could have just read it, but I'm not gonna read it. Uh, I think it's it's more like speculative, but and even with this, I'm gonna kind of keep that minimal because until I see it, I, I really think setting expectations is kind of scary sometimes. So, um, but if they do that, I won't be done with it uh, because I don't think killing off main characters is a bad thing if as long as it's not cheesy. Like, don't make it stupid, make it impactful. Um. But I'm also I'm not in the camp of that character um, dying. Um, but I do feel like they will kill somebody, and I'm glad to be oh, wrong with that too. Oh, they're gonna fucking kill somebody. But for they're sure, showing red dude. flags all over the place. They could be red herrings, but um, Square Enix can't wait to murder off a character. Yeah. Um, though they do have a tendency to introduce a new character, make you get attached, and kill that one instead. So hopefully. Uh, it's a little more impactful as time. Dude, if so. N Walker comes out and they just introduce some brand new dude, I'm like, that guy is fucking dead. Red shirt. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> why is he showing up now, dude? This is a conclusion. That guy ain't lasting. Yeah. Or is uh, there to replace somebody? I'm just excited because the tone is very serious. Um, and it, it was last expansion too, but like it, it got pretty dreary in the trailers for this one. So, yeah. I'm not even playing where you guys are at, and I got that vibe. You could catch up. Not now, dude. We could raid next year. Not now. We could raid next year. That gives me a lot of time. Yeah. But I don't got time to play right now. That's not true. sucks. Yeah, plenty of time. Which sucks. No, I don't. I barely have time to do anything in life (laughs) right now. I can barely sit here right now. (sighs) Anything else? I don't think you'll quit. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't either. I think you're full of shit. But uh, if I'm being honest here, um, but uh, I can't really add to this. I don't know anything about that. So, but um, either it's all speculative. Uh, in the spirit of Psycho Scream, I hope they fucking kill that character off. Okay. In the spirit of Psycho Scream, she's I. Spyco Scream. Yep. We're Spyco. Um, all right. Well, thank you everybody for your comments. And uh, comment on this video, and we'll do it all over again on the next Tasty Cast. Reminder that uh, we have another Tasty Cast this month, and then we have Game of the Month and Plus Club coming up. So make sure to download those games, play those, and come back, and uh, we'll talk about it then. And, and if you're lucky, something else. Yeah, if something comes up. Obviously. Yeah, and also uh, if there's a video that we uh, should have reacted to in the last week, let us know. We can do a TLG reacts. And yeah, I think that's everything. That's been Taste Cast episode 153. As always, thank you for watching. 
Uh, make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoy this episode. Make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on our socials and streams. Links down below. You can check us out in audio format on podcast platforms. All linked down below. We're on everything. Um, we uh, we got a Patreon. If you'd like to talk to us anytime, all the time. And uh, we're on um, Patreon. Did I already say that? Yeah. You meant Discord when Discord. you said you can talk to us anytime. Discord. You can talk to us. Don't talk to us on Patreon. Yeah, don't do that. I, I'm, I, I don't, won't see this I especially. I don't even check Patreon. Um, although anybody who's done that, thank you very much. Um, check our Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all the time. And we are, uh, we got a Patreon. If you like to support this channel, more than like it, liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribing. If you're brand new, my routing got fucked up. I was like, I don't know where I'm at. I'm lost in the woods. Um <laughs> Yeah, thanks for watching, guys. My name's Seth. This is Chevy. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. And uh, until the next episode, have a good one, guys, and take it easy.